What is going on, everybody? It's episode 221 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. It is so good to see all of you again. I am here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. I'm sorry to have missed you yesterday. I was feeling under the weather, but I'm back, back in good spirits. Doing well? Yeah, I'm doing well. And we have a guest host today who's, who's making sure she's camera ready. Would you introduce yourself? <laughs> Dude, don't expose me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Don't let Mary lie to you. She took a spontaneous trip to Ireland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out. I was out of the country. No, I was actually hospitalized for a... a psychiatric hold ah, uh, <laughs> so oh. i was losing my mind at the topics we we're about to cover today <laughs> and that's funny too because it's usually me that's losing his mind at the topics <laughs> that we're going to cover uh before we get into it i just want to let you guys know that uh we've been dealing with technical uh, technical difficulties working through stuff as we've uh put a new uh a new uh desktop a new computer in so if the stream cuts out today we do apologize um we but there's also nothing we can do about it if it does yes um i believe we've worked through what we be- uh what we thought was the problem it has to do with uh black magic devices drivers and the computer if it cuts out uh unfortunately that will be it for today but we're hoping we are hoping that that is not Praying. the case right i've i've got both by manifest that we actually get to finish the show today please and uh here i am oh uh uh, is there a chat guys saying no data um is it we got i see the chat going are we good guys what if the chat's just like blocking bread the chat's going they don't want okay we're good we're good all right uh you know it is what it is it was saying uh um uh is that somehow this is shane cashman's fault when I was subbing for you when you did go on your actual trip to Ireland, the day that we had the worst technical problems was the day Shane was on. Like, yeah, and then when I got back, it happened again. I feel so. like he is, in fact, carrying some sort of technologically yeah. uh, technological <laughs> phobe ghost with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. All right, so uh, I'm uh, I'm not hearing feedback in here, but if uh, we're just I gonna, see the chat you know, going, maybe you need to like refresh. No, it's not the chat. Yeah, I'm just I'm just making sure the stream's good. We're good. Yeah. All right, guys. So what we're gonna talk about today? We're gonna talk about Alan Moore and his discussion about um, what he thinks could lead to fascism in the in the context of superheroes, which is just. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, Alan Moore is it's, an interesting. I, dude. I partly agree with him. We'll we'll get into it. Yep. So, oh no, there's there's definitely parts there that mm-hmm. I agree with, but we're we're gonna get into that. So, all right. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about Kanye West because we have to talk about Kanye West. It's literally it just uh, stuff keeps happening and it's hard to keep up. Yep. So we're gonna do that, and then afterwards we're gonna talk about Velma. Which I am so sick of. <laughs> you said uh, it so uh, loudly, I was like shocked. Okay, here's the thing. I don't care about Velma, but we're going to talk about it because they've made it culturally relevant. It's bizarre because I don't think that Velma has a fan base, but they're yeah. really invested in ruining this character for the few people who it's were. So weird. It's so weird. Like, I just I don't <laughs> care about, like, I can't believe that there's people that do, like, that, that this much. Yeah. But it is culturally relevant, so we're going to get into it. We got that. We got Podluck. We got a bunch of other stuff. So if you ladies are ready, we will just get right into it. Mary, are we ready? We're ready. Claire, are we ready? I'm ready. All right. So it says, infantile love... <laughs> For mm. Batman and other superheroes can be a precursor to fascism, says comic book legend Alan Moore. Um, thought, first thoughts. First, actually, what we should do first is define fascism, because this is another one of, like communism, like socialism, has been part of the cultural zeitgeist now, and it's like uh, yeah. some people will define it as whatever they He, he kind of just threw that out there yes. and didn't explain why. So the dictionary definition says an authoritarian and nationalistic right-wing system of government and social organization. 
Um, the funny thing is there's a lot of different properties that have covered this fairly well. Um, like in the, like Marvel did their, their civil war storyline. And in the movies, they, they covered that fairly well between Tony Stark and Captain America with Tony Stark being more than more or less okay with the idea of government intervention, uh, like reigning in superheroes and preventing them from being able to do, thank you, uh, be able to do all that they want to do. Uh, whereas, uh, Captain America basically says like, if I see something going wrong, I have to be able to to do something about it. I can't stand by and let a government tell me what I can and can't help with. Right. Yeah. And Batman versus Superman has a similar idea when they talk about Superman having basically unlimited power. Uh, and like the, the idea was always funny of like reining it in because it's, it's kind of, that's like, you're basically relying on his good graces to rein it in because they can't actually do anything about it. But so this is not an uncommon thing And the movie V for Vendetta definitely gets in for, you know, based on the comic book by Alan Moore gets into the concept of fascist government systems in a mm-hmm. dystopian future. I understand drawing political parallels with superhero movies Thank you. when uh, it's either commenting on the relationship between the superhero and government or law enforcement, or it's about the archetypes that the superheroes um, represent, that the audience is called to aspire to. Yeah. But I don't see how it connects to... Uh, fan base's enthusiasm for the franchise. I think that this is uh, Alan Moore's disillusionment or fatigue with the whole industry that he's been in for decades. He's always been. I mean, he's He's been disillusioned for decades. Yeah, he's (laughs) trying to, like, express that. And he's identifying the symptoms of a disease that's definitely present in entertainment and specifically the comic book industry but he's misdiagnosing the real yeah. like root issue. So he says, uh, I said around about 2011 that I thought it had serious and worrying implications for the future if millions of adults were queuing up to see Batman movies because that kind of infantilization, that urge towards simpler times, simpler realities, that can often uh, be a precursor to fascism. The funniest part about this to me is that uh, if his idea is that in the p- picture I posted of him, today is him with a hammer and sickle t-shirt on from like back in the day, that's a, um, that's tends to be, um, he, he's saying fascism. If he was saying authoritarianism, which would be more all-encompassing, right? But he's saying, he's directing it one way, but it's uh, the left that tends to be the one that pushes towards folksy aphorisms and slogans that sound great, but don't have a whole lot of meat behind them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think he's misdiagnosing where he thinks that's coming from. Uh, like the people that would actually fall into that because it's it's the the it's the the dorky. I mean, his claim oh. seems to be specifically linked to when The Dark Knight Rises came out, mm. and there was a huge debate over whether it was uh, a right wing themed movie or whether it was just yeah. a Batman movie. I think that there is a weird relationship between creators, and I'm not super familiar with this person, uh, between wanting to champion certain causes and also not being able to accept when the public has a specific view of what's created right so batman is a right-wing movie now which i don't know that it necessarily is it's just been linked to that in popular political and social commentary lore well they they talk a lot about how batman is a servant to the to the state for the police meaning that he beats up the 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 Mm -hmm. the 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 really low iq version is that he beats up like criminals who are just stealing bread 
uh, the the idea that he just mm-hmm. he beats up the and those are some but of my. But then favorite, when it comes to like yeah. actual corruption, he doesn't yeah. pay attention to it. So, so um, uh, but this isn't even about the characters; it's about the psychology of the fans. Mm-hmm. Which is rather presumptuous. Well, um, I, would, I would say that the people he's talking about, the the people lining up to see these movies, I would I, I would think more along the lines of the Marvel NPCs. That, yeah, I'm that, thinking of like the the soy facing yeah. poggers, and I can't know where they're good, like how they vote, but I can infer. <laughs> I, sure. I can infer where their general belief systems fall, and it's totally fair to say that like. These franchises, these characters, these movies actually mean too much to them compared yeah. to real life real, or compared to real relationships or real stories or... Or even politics. Like if they, politics if they put, even, yeah. If they paid as close attention to what was going on in the real world outside of their echo chamber, they would be a whole lot better informed than being in an echo chamber and then using this type of material like graphic novels as a guideline for their morale. Yeah. And it, it's true that also the comic book industry and now like that they're being adapted into movies, it's undergone a weird evolution as its fan base has grown older where it's not being adopted by the next generation Mm -hmm. of of kids that were originally the fan base and it's the toys are now being called collectibles the cartoons are now being called animations yeah that was that did did you read a comment yeah yeah it was really really smart that they've basically they give everything like an adult name because it's like it's not a it's not a mm-hmm. toy. It's a collectible. It's not a. They don't want to be ageist. You yeah, know? they yeah, don't want to make yeah. grown men who watch the stuff feel bad about themselves. That and that's yeah, that's and true. it's all been converted into an adult-friendly interest. But then, the themes are just as juvenile. Yes, and the stories are just as simplistic. When you when you guys sent me this article today and I read the headline, uh, "Infantile love for Batman and other superheroes can be a pre- precursor to fascism," I actually thought. Uh, before I read the article, that he meant, like, because they believe someone else is going to come save them and take care of, like, yeah. the bad no, guys. No, but it wasn't that. That was, like, what he meant by that. And it's not, like, which makes this even more sort of boring mm-hmm. to me. Sorry, Alan Moore. Uh, I, I think... I'm not trying to bash anyone who really enjoys superhero movies. It's not necessarily my thing. But I do think that this idea that like someone is going to swoop in and save you from the evils of your city whether it be because the government is corrupt or whatever like that would lend itself to fascism to me because you're Mm. always looking for someone else to solve your Mm. problems i don't necessarily think that's the message of superhero movies but again i feel like this guy has missed the mark on what he's interpreting funnily enough i think you could make the same not it's not a judgment you could make the same analysis going the other direction if we were to talk about cop and military shows which absolutely produce a simplistic view of uh what police officers do or a glorified view of what police officers do what the military does to show them in a good light and that would go i think the yeah other and, way. and that's a proven phenomenon yeah, that propaganda that people who watch uh, law and order svu for example yeah they are proven to to have skewed perceptions of the rate uh, victims that get justice and i say that as someone who loves all those are my favorite genres yeah. of shows but I, when i watch it like i'm like man it would be cool if it was actually this uh simplistic but and not a lot of people are able to make that, that distinction. distinction well and you yeah. have to couple it with real life media so we don't have that for superheroes obviously but like if you watch a 
Law and Order SVU or a crime show, there's um, a podcast that I used to listen to a lot called Small Town Dicks. And it's like two police officers who interview anonymously people they've worked with and talk about cases that they've been through. And the biggest contrast to the two TV and movies that they always say is like, it takes an extremely long time mm-hmm. to get DNA, to get justice. Like we'll be going to court over these things for, for years. years yeah. And that's not a reality in crime TV shows. And so I think in some ways, superhero movies are insulated from some of those realities because we know it's actually based in lore and it's based in fiction. Uh, I would point out that, you know, there are movies that sort of glorify the military or cops or whatever else, but they aren't enough to turn around recruitment rates. I mean, there are other factors playing into that, but we don't really see media as enough of an influence over people's behavior to make them want to become cops or police or military members at high rates in the same way that like superhero movies i don't necessarily see people i don't know what the correlation would be you know you volunteer to be in your local fire department or whatever else like i don't think anyone is pursuing uh becoming more authoritarian because they watch the superhero movie in fact i feel like it teaches people to be submissive in some ways and i would argue that like it does speak to the infantilization uh the lack of uh, of people growing up and actually like like we talk about not building fully formed lives in their in their staying mm-hmm. children for far longer than they used to uh, and they kind of live and embody, uh, and they want to embody these characters in their mind rather than kind of growing up and moving I on. I think it like makes people not need to uh, distill what values the movies that they yeah. loved growing up had and learning how to apply them into your adult life now. It, there's also this, when they, they talk about the dominance of superhero movies, it's not the reason for Trump, but it's a symptom of the emotional infantilization society has gone through, which resulted in the election of Trump. You could say that of any political opponent who uh tells people what they want to hear uh in order to get votes right like uh, i don't see that as being unique to him if anything i would say that uh the right tends to be more facts and data driven though there's still a whole lot of tribalism on both sides Uh, i would say that the infantilization is far more of an issue going the other direction that's taking a huge liberty from what alan moore even said though um And he's referring more to the behavior of fandoms, which we've talked about before, um, and the overextended adolescence that's encouraged among the MCU stands and the Disney stands and the the Star Wars stands, the ones who just blindly have faith yep. in these franchises and look to entertainment products for the meaning in their lives. And I would, I would That's argue, the emotional infantilization yes. that we are noticing. And, and I would say that if you looked to, uh, if you took a survey of like people who were uh, large fans of those, gr- uh, of those franchises, you're going to see a lot of um, trust in, uh, in authority and a lot of trust in institutions that you just wouldn't see going the other direction. And it's trust in private institutions yeah. uh not in the government weirdly weirdly enough it seems to be it's definitely distinctly not um authoritarianism or like totalitarianism by force but it comes from the down going upwards yeah. like this is the distinction a lot of people make between uh 1984 and brave, brave new world. world yeah 1984 is the totalitarianism by force by violence, um, by threats, and then Brave New World is enforced yeah. 
from the bottom upwards. I pointed that out. I was pointing that out to somebody when a lot of the stuff was going on with um, COVID and uh, people and like I started noticing people were really getting upset that they couldn't go to Disney. <laughs> they couldn't yeah. go to Disney World, and I'm like, it's like yeah, they they had that the, their minor reality like, break what about from all the things that were there. We were uh, distracting them mm -hmm. with to keep them sustained and docile. What mm -hmm. about your ability to go to your family member's funeral? Yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't know, like that. that that allegiance to a private institution like Disney yeah. or like the DCEU or whatever it may be, uh, it's worrisome. It's just not worrisome for the same reasons Alan Moore is identifying, I think. And I mean, like, I get the the idea that the, the I think what like if you're trying to infer that what he's saying is like you want somebody to come and solve your problems for you. But one of the, the core uh, things that becomes an issue with a lot of these characters is the idea that just because you have the ability to do that, does that mean does that give you the right to do that? Right. Like Tony Stark invented the Iron Man suit and then essentially just told the government they couldn't have it. Uh, and Seems kept, reasonable to me. Yeah, exa exactly. Like, and, and so you get people on both sides of the equation. That was kind of one of the beautiful things about the movie Captain America Civil War is that they presented both of the main characters with a side of that coin, meaning that uh, Tony Stark, uh, after suffering loss, felt like it was okay to be reined in and that you know maybe they, they shouldn't have all the power in the world. But then uh, we ask... I don't agree with that. Then we ask, but giving that to power to a government means what, right? Their, mm -hmm. their version of the UN... Uh, and mm -hmm. Captain America holds a more classic view of like, look, if I see somebody in danger, uh, I want to, I'm going to help them no matter who tells me I can or I can't. But then the question is like, then the big uh, dilemma is always ends up being like, well, what if that person isn't a good person? Why is it always like we assume that that person with all those powers is going to end up mm -hmm. being a good guy when we know that that's not how the real world works? Yeah, the archetypes that yeah. different superheroes embody. Uh, they they differ a lot, and I understand analyzing that as, uh, you know, how they propagandize people politically into, like, in the direction of certain extremist ideologies. Mm -hmm. But, again, like, that's not what Alan Moore was even saying. Mm -hmm. He was talking about how he finds the comic industry tiresome these days because of all the things attached to it not the actual not what's happening to the movies or or the comic books themselves like not the stories but the fans he, he's basically saying that the fans are the problem and he's not wrong <laughs> he he's partially right He's not wrong, but he's not right. Like uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of Alan Moore. I think he's kind of pretentious. I've always thought. Yeah, you know, I just thought, get tired him, of these like armchair diagnosis of potential fascism. Him, like, I don't need it. Him, Ga Neil Gaiman. I've kind of always. I've never been huge fans, but it is what it is. Uh, it is interesting though because they want to have these debates, but they very rarely. Like I said, he posted a picture with him. Like the picture I've used of him today is him wearing a hammer and sickle, and we all know that that's uh, every bit is uh, control oriented. And, and uh, it's just a different type of power, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I find it funny because Alan Moore to me has always been kind of insufferable, but he kind of always comes around every so often. And from what I understand, uh, I don't keep up with it that his new books don't sell all that well uh, comparatively to the stuff that he's done in the past. A lot of the, comment, the comments were um, just saying that he is a wannabe intellectual and... He's not as funny as he used to be, and he's just like grasping at straws. Yeah, 
Um, and like I said, he, he made v, v for Vendetta, the comic, and the movie V for Vendetta is actually quite <laughs> um, quite good in the way that it describes uh, overt authoritarianism from from the government, right? And uh, the meltdown of the system is... That's the, a different time period. Yes. Uh, well, that's, that's pre- given in a dystopian future, but it was made mm-hmm. in 2006. Uh, and that movie coming out now would never be made with the level of nuance that it... Yeah. Uh, that it was made with back then, but I, I rewatched it recently, and the the guy who plays Chancellor Sutler, he's fr- he's freaking great. Uh, getting to see all those characters, but I just don't think that they would be able to make that movie with the same level of nuance and characterization that they would be now. Um, and like I said, this is slightly off topic, but the the character of Evie would never be able to be as awesome as she was in that movie because she would be. Uh, girl bossed up like she's already like extremely strong in that character in that movie but they would end up making her insufferable Mm -hmm. if they made that movie now uh so thank goodness that they're not continuing that so yeah all right let's go to super Super chats thousand foot deep end said welcome back crisis crew we missed y'all yesterday oh we missed you guys trust us it's uh feelings mutual it's i don't like taking days off i don't I, like yeah. I was like sitting around like we're trying to get this stuff all worked out. You weren't feeling well. I was like, what do I do with this free time? I have no <laughs> idea. I know what, to do. what did you do? Um, well, I, I never get to go skate at 3 p.m. So I got to go. Skate. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I got to I got to actually go to join to, the crew. Yeah. Join the crew for the skate session. Felt so included. Yes. I it, See, that's the real inclusion right there. I got included. I need to stop watching YouTube. I am not reading that. <laughs> And Potatoes for Seamus said, I'm not going to read that, LOL. Yeah, you were right. Nathan Settlemeyer. Oh, go, uh, go, go back up uh, one sec. To Potatoes for Seamus, uh, he sent me an instant message about like oh. uh, about something. I'm going to get back to you today. Uh, I, I will respond to that. I was like halfway through responding to that right before we started today, so okay. I will get back to you, dude. Nathan Settlemeyer said, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Waffle Sensei said, wokeness is fascism, Mussolini's definition, and superheroes are woke now, so he is accidentally correct, just not in the way he wanted. That, I think that seems to be the number one takeaway from everyone here. It's like, he's kind of right, but he just has no clue why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waffle Sensei also said, fascism should be more appropriately called corporatism because it's a merger of state and corporate power. Benito Mussolini. And that one is not covered that much in the movie. Like, they're very rarely is it uh, smartly covered when they talk about uh, how the corporatization of our government and the way that they interfere with everything. Because it would take really, really good writing and really, really good it, storytelling. It would also take aim at the people producing yeah, it. Exactly. So that's never going to happen. It would really hurt their ESG score, <laughs> let's be real. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of like... Um, well, it did. Are you oh, worried hold, for hold. some reason? Yes, no, I was, I was just checking something. Go back. Okay. We're good. We're good. <laughs> You're like so worried. Today. No, no, I, I was just uh, I was reading the next uh, one of the super chats and I was fixing something. Okay. Caper2x said, Brett, do you understand that the fascism definition was changed to add a right wing description? Yeah. Welcome back, Beanie Mary and Farmer Hannah Claire. How is she a farmer? The, they the, don't get the farmer thing, but thank you. Farmers are great. They're wearing a. A baseball Farmers cap? produce the food in our country. I respect them tremendously. Do you know Chuck Grassley, the senator, is one of two active farmers currently in the U.S. Congress? I, I did not be a know fun that. Fact. How does he find the time? Mm, technically, his son runs his farm. There's a question over okay. the active. I did. I did know that, but I was operating under the assumption of like that's the reason I used the picture of him with the with the <laughs> hammer and sickle. I'm going by what Alan Moore's definition of what fascism is, not what. The yeah. actual definition yeah, of fascism like, is. Brett asked us to look up uh, fascism, the definition of fascism before we started the show. And I thought to myself, like, I need to 
bring up a dictionary from 1950 and then from 2000 well, that to was compare the that was the how point. it's because the internet won't tell you now but we'll nope. all use the internet to that, search it, i want to be honest right now that is one of the most frustrating things about the internet to me now is like you ha you like you like i don't even want to look up stuff i know because then you see like how it's all been changed mm -hmm. like uh, everything is different now from it's what altered. it was like that's terrifying and mm -hmm. disturbing and the reason that bothers me so much is i imagine the people that are uninitiated to what's going on in the world are now being misled well and I there's think no way to to fix that and i think of it as being younger generations who will always have had the internet as a resource so yeah. the idea that i'm like i'm gonna buy a physical dictionary and reference it will at one point not be at all the thought that kids today have because yeah. they're so used to relying on the internet as a theoretically trustworthy source mm -hmm. Caper 2X said, Brett, were you on yesterday? We miss you guys. No, no, we were, uh, Mary wasn't feeling well. We've been dealing with. They played uh, hooky, guys. Yeah, we just, we're just like the, the hell with this. We no. went to Disney. Yeah, we, we went to Disneyland and uh, we rode. Uh, um, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain, sure. <laughs> Nathan Settlemeyer said, I used to think. Uh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> she just want to say it. That's okay. Where is that from, though? I don't know. Are you quoting mm -hmm. something? What? I don't get it. David Christian said, finally caught you live. I usually watch you late at night at work while I do a huge mass mailing. Cool. What, mass mailing? What is that? Uh, like, I don't uh, know. That's cool. That's cool. Not Alan Rogers said, Mary, please break all my toes with pliers. Well, that is a hell of a request right there. People get so uh, weird when they're anonymous on the internet. Yeah. I guess he, well, he's not alan rogers therefore he's anonymous david christian said uh eating homemade ramen three days of hard labor 10 minutes of bliss that That's sounds hard. nice hobbit said did party progress bar go away i fixed it uh, that's, oh, what I was, that's what I was looking at before. Part of our it. technical difficulties, yes. actually. Yep, we're working on it. And we, and we love you guys so much for bearing with us. With Do you guys like having a party progress bar? I'm yeah. asking the, the, the chat. I'm uh, curious. They like well, it? Well, clearly, yeah. They I like think they see, probably do. You know, what they've accomplished so far. I wonder if they just want to be on edge like the rest of us, being like, I have no idea when it's coming, <laughs> or if they want, want to know how close they are, what how power close. they wield. Yeah. I think we only added uh, the party count because they were asking for one. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon's Talon 1001 said, I want to see Hannah Claire do the sports cast for a NASCAR race. Oh, look, they're making another left turn. I ran track in high school pretty seriously. <laughs> so I actually, you know, prefer things that make left turns. I, I find it uh, reminiscent of my days as a student athlete. Uh, but sure, I mean, I'm really going to tell you I know nothing about cars, but it, it could be How do be you fun. even commentate on that? They're going around. going around. That one hit the other one. That one's taking a rest. Whoa. Oh, oh, and then it's over. I've never watched a NASCAR anything in my life. I, yeah, I don't. I've know heard people who like NASCAR that like going to the events is really fun and that there is like really sense, a big sense of community. Mm -hmm. But I've never really followed it. I didn't grow up with anyone who watched it yeah. either. Going in person is different, though. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I watch it on TV. Yeah. I need to stop watching YouTube said everything is pitifully cringe now, this included. I think you included. Uh, that all of us, if, if we're cringe, if Ellen Moore's cringe, then we're all cringe together, my friend. He's talking about Batman being cringe or you, this? Us. Maybe he meant Everything. us. Like us. We need a clarifying super chat. Alan if you could. Moore, what? Blake Olson said heroes and legends being a part of culture long before comics were a thing. Kirby made cap to be an american achilles 
American ideals made flesh. Yep. Uh, and that's funny too, because that's like it's kind of like a microcosm of the argument so much of us make when we talk about like uh, if you have so much disdain for the government, how can you love the country so much? Because I don't love the government; I love the country. I mm-hmm. love the I love the ideals the country stands for. I love the people that represent those ideals in the everyday. Yeah, and I also think it's important to consider the fact that the American federal government has evolved tremendously from when it was yeah. formed. I wouldn't necessarily say this wave of federal government is the same as the founder's vision. I need to stop watching YouTube said I mean the superhero fanboys. This show is not. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for I really the clarification. Oh, we're relieved. Yeah. <laughs> this person is like, I don't even like it here. <laughs> and we're like, fine. Okay, we I guess. We want you to like it, though. Censor Conservative Mom 98 said, commented something about fascism from my account on my phone. Watching on my husband's account on laptop, saw on my phone, but didn't come up on my laptop. YouTube censorship for the win. Really? Where did your money go, though? I don't understand. Also, are you the mom who watches with her, like, little baby? Someone super chatted on IRL the other, like, weeks ago when I was on. Oh, really? Like, I watched this after school with my, like, two-month, <laughs> two-year-old baby, and I was like, yes, excellent, good. Um, there was, uh, I was, uh, Ivory Hecker posted something, like, I think it was about the PayPal situation that was going on recently. Uh, and she posted a couple of other things that were, uh, they just seemed too spicy. I wish I could remember off the top of my head what they were. And when I tried to like like the post, it wouldn't let me like the post. And when you tried to open the post that she was linking to, it wouldn't like, let you Weird. open the post. And then I tried, I screen recorded a video of me like not being able to, sent it to her. And it wouldn't send the video mm-hmm. of that being sent, uh, of the video of them. Mm. Basically, it wouldn't let me send a video of their censorship to, to her. What were you trying to send it to her? On? I, I just on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, you have to start using encrypted chats and stuff like that for, like, we have to, we have to leave all this stuff behind. Believe it or not, it wasn't that important, so. It's all right. (laughs) It is important, though. But it's trying to convince you that it wasn't important. Well, let's remember that technology is deleting and altering definitions. They won't let you spread certain information. Like, this is authoritarian, authoritarianism. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel about Kiwi Farms getting shut down. Mm -hmm. That's so out of line. It came back eventually, but I didn't think it was going to. Nathan Settlemeyer said, super bad perception of police work. Yeah, that shaped my whole, whole view. opinion of police. Matt said, hashtag critlib a few years back was woke librarian. So over, I remember the, the... What does this mean? The... um. I don't, I don't know what that's in reference to. It's like, but woke librarians, that's a thing. Like, that's like a lot of oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of where like, like how they make their money in comics now is like, it's like scholastic book fair, mm-hmm. like basically like bulk orders for these comics that no kid goes to the library and buys because they're all on their phones anyways. Woke people also yeah. run all of the independent bookstores. Book yeah, yeah, that's how Antifa spreads in small towns in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, if you go into a small bookshop and then they send you over to their... It's easy thing. Yeah, to, yeah. To I have over. always wanted to open a bookstore. My brother and I are sort of like semi in the process of considering what that that would look like right now and the all the comparable shops that we look at to research like potential competitors are always left-leaning no matter where you go no matter where you go it's an extension of the arts right there are a couple that are like they've been around forever kind of community bookstores that are Mm okay-ish they might already be slightly left because they're in left towns but like if you're looking at anything in a red state, if it's an independent bookstore, it tends to lean completely left, which, like, yeah. why? And also conservatives. I know I'm the resident book nerd here, but, like, open bookstores. Yeah. Where would you want to start one, though? 
Portland. Do you, want, do you really want me to tell you? Seattle. I, I want to start one right now in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, because it's mm. the farthest. If anyone steals my business idea, I will be <laughs> livid. Don't say any uh, names for what you would call it. I though. won't tell you, but it's um, <laughs> within the two-hour range of D.C. It has a ton of tourist traffic. Mm. There isn't a bookstore there, but there's an independent bookstore in the two counties in West Virginia preceding it as if you were to drive from DC out to Berkeley Springs so I really think it needs a I don't even want it to be political but just like a an independent bookstore that isn't super woke because there has been uh, mm-hmm. there's a number of businesses there that are cool but they're all their owners are all extreme left so yeah. just to sort of I don't even call it fighting back just like to have businesses that are good for communities it's good to have books for young children to read and hold yeah. Let's read the next two, and then we'll go to the to this okay. next topic. Ferret Rose eighty three said, "There's been adult love of comics since the seventies, so Alan Moore can stick it on his fear of fascism." They also, love it. They love to talk about. Fa- I, I I just know how much they love it coming out of their mouth. Oh, already. Thank you. Thank you. He said also, shout out to PCC, especially Hannah Claire. Oh, oh, thanks, team. Special. Uh, can I make a preemptive request yes can we turn these lights different colors for like holidays like like i don't think you could do black with the lights right but like something for halloween orange, orange and then like christmas red and green orange and gray maybe like a dark Ooh, red and green for december would yeah. be fun come on team we can do that instead of the like things that like shakes jingle bells or something where it's like santa's booming laugh yeah we'll have to figure it out yeah Christopher Chris, Poole will get Chris, on that. Chris will have to figure it out. But, and when I say we'll have to figure it out, I mean Chris. We'll delegate that. <laughs> that's, that's part of our job here is to delegate. And Hobbit said when everything becomes cringe, nothing is. Yes, that is. The, I'm yeah. not so sure, but the, we'll test that theory out as time goes on. All right, guys, we're going to move on because Kanye West is back in the news. Mary, why don't you tell Did us all about Did he leave the news? You? You're saying back. He's, He's controlling the news. He is sustaining <laughs> his place in the news. Uh, yes. So he continues to provoke with not only his art, but with his social media posts. And he's recently been suspended from both Instagram and Twitter. I'm not even sure if I can repeat the things he's posted, but like, I guess I'll go for it. As long as I'm quoting it, I'm allowed to say it, right? Uh, it I doesn't mean, have any slurs in it. It's, but it's going to get clipped. Uh, whatever you say will I get mean, clipped. <laughs> okay, but I don't know how I can tell you guys what he posted without... Just write on your it. notebook really quickly. Kanye said this and hold it up while you read it. <laughs> it's too long. Okay. He tweeted on Sunday exactly this. I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. The Death funny Con. thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. And he followed it up with another tweet that is not deleted saying, who you think created cancel culture. Which um, I just want to embroider who you think it created cancel culture on a sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm I like, think that's such funny. a fun philosophical question. <laughs> um, it's open to interpretation. Who is John Galt? And it's funny because he misspelled DEFCON 3. <laughs> I hope he really thinks it's DEFCON. Yeah. It's, way, it's just kind Def, of funny. Like, DefenseCon 3. It's way cooler if he thinks The seriousness <laughs> with which this tweet is being reacted to it is like... He literally didn't think enough about it to, to do a spell check. Because that's mm-hmm. about uh, like different... Uh, U.S. arms, armed forces, mm-hmm. uh, like readiness levels. Yeah. 
also def they everyone reacting to it to virtue signal that they disagree with him is making it bigger than it ever would have been if the media had just left it alone to die on like his crazy twitter thread because sarah silverman tweets the same day like wow i can't believe the silence is so loud i can't believe no one is calling this out like why do i as have to fight for us as literally everyone is calling it out yeah and and he got under understandably flamed yeah. on twitter for this all weekend one of the things i love days after one of the things i love about kanye is that he says a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily agree with too, and I had the I had the same issue when we were watching the Tucker Carlson interview, where I watched yeah. like Tucker Carlson tee up all these like, as much as I agree with a lot of what they say, you can very clearly see like the positioning of like this is our guy on our side of the aisle, mm-hmm. and I hate and that he, on both Kanye sides. Doesn't even court that. No, he does. I That's think. what I'm saying. That's what I hated about the Tucker Carlson part. Is he's like, oh, and we went and we thought before we'd call you crazy. That we'll just uh, we'll we'll do this interview first, like like you weren't doing this for political posturing and, sure. and points. Uh, but the beautiful thing about Kanye is he doesn't think that way. He doesn't. He's he just thinks what he, he just says what he thinks, and he's not really thinking about it as a team sport like everyone else is. I just like the idea that he is like hanging out with whoever t- Kanye West hangs out when he's like, you think they're mad now? Watch, I'm gonna tweet this thing and make him even more mad. Some, like, I was telling me Trump would do the same thing like where he was like they were like in the in the oval office and he was like he's like want to see something really funny and like he's like he posted like he's like i can make them respond with this in like less than five minutes and like within like five i don't remember what yeah. it was i think it was like, jack Pasolka that's Pasolka. all of the media is trying to keep up with kanye west even though they're mad at him mm-hmm. he sets the tone and narrative mm-hmm. and like it's not that I agree with this sentiment although i'm not even sure i like fully follow what his like specific complaints are I just think it's funny that they are like Kanye, stop you. So who was As like they Jamie Lee Curtis is like word. you are a father. Please stop. Except he he decides when it's over. Like they mm-hmm. can't do anything without him. Yeah, I, that's why I think his uh, favor for Trump was more of a personality compatibility thing yeah. Yeah. than <laughs> anything political. Which it's so funny that they had to frame it as as a political allegiance. Like I don't even think he knows about trump's policies or like what his presidency was like or what decisions he made and what lasting no i think it's just like he's just he likes his personality (laughs) like game respects game kind of thing like he just sees it yeah so he he knows what it's like to have to have opinions that aren't very popular and have to stand by them uh as everyone pushes back on you which is not something everyone can do Do you guys feel like he should have gotten kicked off Twitter for all of this? No. I don't think anyone should be getting kicked off Twitter unless they're doing something illegal. If with you it, can't but. even if you can't even say DEFCON properly, I feel like it shouldn't be taken seriously. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then his temporary suspension from Instagram was prompted by something he posted on Friday. So P. Diddy is one of the many celebrities who gave him pushback for the White Lives Matter t-shirts that he showed at Paris Fashion Week. And he actually went to Kanye directly, which I respect. He texted him about it and he, Kanye then screenshotted a part of their conversation and posted Total it on Instagram. Everyone should have known you should not be contacting Kanye. I don't know why everyone is having everyone these are- long text arguments with Kanye <laughs> when they know like, it's going to get posted. Send him a voice memo. Like, yeah. don't. But then he'll just record He'll the record voice it, memo. to be fair. <laughs> but, and like, then post that. You know what I mean? At least on it. Like, if you send him a t- wall of text, 
you know it was yes. clear exactly where it was yes. going to end up on his Instagram. Yeah. Like, why are he, we pretending? Send, no at least it. Kim has learned this. Yeah. He sends it. He's sitting there waiting for a response, and all of a sudden he gets a notification that says has been screenshotted, and he's like, "Damn it! <laughs> Damn it!" So, um, but maybe that's part of it. You want evidence that you like. You want evidence that you are standing up to evil man Kanye. I guess yeah, it is posturing too. Um, so in the screenshot, Kanye West wrote to P. Diddy, I'm going to use you as an example to show the Jewish people that told you to call me that no one can threaten or influence me. Um, so that's like the extent of his anti-Semitic posts that got him kicked off temporarily. AOC, AOC had stuff to say about it. I He's been notice. called out by literally everyone. I didn't even know there was a black Jewish entertainment alliance. I didn't either. They are like having their moment. This is our cross section of issues. We've got Diane Warren, Jack Antonoff, Joe no, DiMaggio. No, um, uh, no Ilhan Omar. No Ilhan Omar. Interesting. The silence, silence is deafening. The, deafening. the silence <laughs> is so loud. Um, yeah, he's been called out by the ADL. He's been yeah, called out call by the creative yeah, like, community for peace, whatever that is. Every what? blue check mark you can think of. What the hell is the creative community for peace? I don't know. They just have a blue check and we're what supposed the, to trust them. What also, the hell does like, that how even many mean? followers do they have? Like three? What the hell does that even mean? I mean, they're they have peace. they have a blue check with two thousand two hundred and fifty five <laughs> followers. I that's like, why I hate the blue check because make it any gives sense. people and organizations credibility when they've done nothing to earn it. I'm starting I think a group called Short People for Peace. I think someone followed me on Twitter <laughs> who just used a version of the blue check and like put it in their Twitter name. Yeah, and I was like, Are you? I don't understand what's happening. Why is it white? Is that just like the way my screen is coming up? I thought it was hilarious. It <laughs> makes them look legitimate while making fun of this whole blue check thing. Yeah. Short people for peace. Who's with me? I'd rather be with uh, short pe people for uh, violence and discord. <laughs> That's I would be the leader of that. Yes, you, you absolutely would. Um, and then there's been more fallout with his social media posts. He reposted a video from Azalea Banks calling Gigi Hadid a cabbage patch kid <laughs> in comparison to her Barbie doll sister, Bella Hadid. Uh, also, uh, Lizzo said that she doesn't know what he's talking about. She's just minding her big, uh, beautiful business. Her, so. her, no, no, no. <laughs> her big, fat, black, beautiful bl business. That is what she said. I don't remember the fat part. But yeah, yeah, that was in there. Okay. That was in there. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and that was prompted by a part of Kanye's Tucker interview where he mentioned Lizzo. He also mentioned him uh, mentioned Lizzo on Instagram before that, but yeah. he was talking about how she always gets backlash about losing weight. That's the funny thing is, is everything he said should have been helpful, and nobody's taking his it as point helpful. was like it's weird that you would give someone backlash for losing weight when being that overweight is clinically unhealthy. And yeah, but that's he a, said that's you're like, not allowed to say that. That's either. a base assumption you're not allowed to have anymore. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, his. His point was that it's like coming from a demonic yeah. place to genuinely wish ill on someone the, if they are trying to lose weight. The moment, which like, is like, a valid point, when he talks about the that, and when he talks about abortion being such a huge issue, those are inherently like they will not allow you to carry those beliefs. And they abortion don't. in particular is something that he's spoken about. Like he was personally affected yeah. by a situation like this, where he said that one of his children with Kim, she was considering aborting her child. And it caused him tremendous pain to recall that. 
I also want to point out that every time that he brings this stuff up, they go right back. Like for all the people who talk about how we need to be, uh, uh, we have to have compassion for people and that we need to understand that people are suffering. They love to use mental illness against him. They love it. You know, I think it's such a manipulation of the conversation that they are all responding to the anti-Semitism controversy saying wow mental illness isn't an excuse to act like this when no one claimed that mental illness was the reason he said these things or excused it as like he's mentally ill he can say whatever he wants no one said that nope they're bringing it up to discredit him in the most slimy way possible and they're the ones who always pay lip service to mental health advocacy but they don't mean any of it you're only met with a loving accepting community by these people, if you stay in line, you line. stay on script, and the, you do what they want. And that's why he hates them so much. He hates feeling like he has to comply. He hates feeling micromanaged, psychoanalyzed. And this happens for anyone that gets out of line for any of the of the marginalized yeah. groups. Can I, can I read you a Kim Kardashian tweet from uh, 2018? It was Let's after it. one of the times that Kanye did something and the media was like, he's crazy. He has mm-hmm. bipolar disorder, which he does. Uh, she says to the media trying to demonize my husband let me just say this your commentary on Kanye being erratic and his tweets being disturbing is actually scary so quick to label him as having a a mental health issues for just being himself when he has always been expressive is not fair yeah I feel like we should just retweet this one I miss when he had this support from Kim and now he's kind of just floating and he's on his own and he doesn't feel like he has support as a co-parent as a man as an artist in any way meanwhile she is like taking out all of her implants she looks like a little bit like she's losing tons of weight like they need each other they are meant to be together I know like we need Kim Ye back so if we take away I'm not a huge fan of what he said uh regarding uh Jewish people uh in general, the rest of everything he said in that Tucker interview, I tended to like most of it, and I enjoyed a lot of that interview. But is the base assumption here now supposed to be that you either toe the line 110% or you're mentally ill and no, should be disregarded? There are certain topics that I feel like you are absolutely never supposed to cross in any way. Well, and that's like, what I'm saying. Like, So uh, it's like uh, if he wasn't mentally ill, then they would be using the excuse of he's just a bigot. Well, they're saying I he's mentally he, ill and a bigot. Yeah, I think they're and saying And those are both. two reasons that we can discredit anything he says now. It's infi- it's anything he creates. I think it's so disgusting and unfair that, like, after he has volunteered this information about himself, like, gotten uh, very personal with the public, yeah. and maybe that's a bad idea, but he did it out of a place of sincerity, that it's been twisted against him to this degree. Like, he only shared that he was diagnosed with bipolar in 2018 he was hospitalized for a psych eval for the first time in 2016 and ever since then it's just been uh like controversy after controversy after controversy where more and more people throw him into this box of he's crazy don't listen to anything he says but they but then in another context, they're perfectly willing to be supportive of people that have mental health struggles. The the foil for me is Demi Lovato, right? She has also been very public about her bipolar disorder disorder diagnosis, and anything she does is considered good and acceptable and valiant. All of her actions that you might like, we talked about her song where she basically calls out 
Wilder can't say Wilmer. his name. Wilmer. Wilmer. <laughs> Thank you, team. Uh, on, you know, their age difference and when they got together when she was underage, which, like, I'm not saying that's wrong to do, but, like, in other circumstances, you would have wanted that person to handle that matter privately or through the court system. I think that we glorify people whose bipolarism um, doesn't disrupt left narrative, whereas Kanye West... I don't think necessarily any of this has to do with his bipolar diagnosis, but also it's causing him to be crazy, quote unquote, and I don't believe that, in a way that they don't like, right? His erratic behavior calls attention to some of the problems with left narrative, and therefore Mm -hmm. it's bad. Whereas, like, if you looked at how unhappy Demi Lovato was, especially through all of her gender issues, that had nothing to do with being bipolar. That really just had to do with, you know her truth and whatever buzzwords they yeah. give you she's had erratic behavior for a long time too i think the only time she's gotten backlash is when she um put that that like froyo business on oh, blast yeah. on social um, media she's like how dare they put all that those great tasting options right at the front don't you tell i'm trying to lose weight here <laughs> right <laughs> well no it was about them having like sugar free options stuff, yeah. yep. and she was like that's uh, playing into diet culture and, and, and all the diabetics are like no yeah <laughs> disagree hardcore like, excuse me can i, I have froyo too i really do believe that the ability to like intellectualize and give labels to a bunch of stuff like just the term diet culture sucks just mm-hmm. being able to t- give it a term that you can then use in some statement you use to destroy some small business uh but sound like semi-intelligent while you do it i hate that i mean thankfully that business recovered from yes. that they were review bombed by demi lovato stands for a while but they did recover and eventually she had to apologize etc but anyway remember the that's also, besides the point i also want to talk to did you look into the him doing the interview or he did the sit down with uh gabriella carefa johnson did we talk yeah, about that? Yeah, I never watched that because I couldn't find it on YouTube. I, I, was but, that posted but that, but they, anywhere? That did happen though, right? They did sit down. Yes, they did. Uh, one of the other issues that I have with all of this is that your uh, as they sit from the stands, now what that by that I mean like he's saying these things publicly, but somehow he becomes on one side of like a giant set, of, like a, an aisle with like a wall separating them. So he's over here and then everyone else... Um, and then everyone else is is there on the other side but somehow he is uh uh like they they get to lob stuff at him nothing happens Mm -hmm. right like they get to lob stuff at him nothing happens he lobs stuff back at them suddenly he's attacking them yeah that's a problem and it's not even punching down because he doesn't have yeah any support anymore yeah like except for i guess like he has a faction of diehard fans He's who got defend Trump. him, <laughs> but like he doesn't have institutional support anymore. Nope. His contracts, his business contracts, are in a questionable state. Like I don't know if the, his his contract with Adidas is going to last because. But Adidas has said on multiple occasions that like he basically has given their brand relevancy in this modern culture that they couldn't have mm-hmm. sustained on their or achieved on their own. Like, it's crazy that they are willing to throw him under the bus or part ways with him over stuff that, you know, I think should fall under the category of free speech. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, you know, support, like, I wouldn't support if he is, like, actually advocating violence or anything like that. But, like, him saying stuff that makes people upset shouldn't be grounds for termination of positive business partnerships. I mean, 
my guess was that Kanye's chaotic social media behavior, specifically with calling out Adidas um, and their creative director, was his attempt to get that contract terminated because he didn't want to be in it mm, anymore. Interesting. Very smart. I, and that seems like it's pro- possibly going to work, especially mm-hmm. after these these new posts. I didn't expect that, especially after the Tucker interview. He seems like nothing in the Tucker interview is objectionable in no, any way. I, I, said, I, I, took more, I take more of an issue with Tucker. And, and like the, the, not him, but the all all political pundits on both sides, right? That they, like, as soon as you say something they like, they, they're like, oh, well, c- come on. He's our c- guy. Come on yeah. over here. He's our guy. Before yeah. we call you crazy, we thought we should just sit down and have a discussion with you. Like, yeah, because you know you're politically aligned right now. Uh, and I hate that. I hate that, that on both sides. That even happened when Shia LaBeouf openly talked about yeah. converting to Catholicism, and then all of these Catholics are like, hey, he's our guy. Yeah. And it's... That's not uh, an ethical thing to do because you don't know this person. You don't know his real intentions because he, you know, he's not your friend. And it's his personal business whether or not he has converted in earnest. It's it's funny too because that's like that's the stuff that reminds me just how like alone I am in the <laughs> in the political sphere when it's like yes uh, all day you're inundated with stuff that annoys you from like the CNNs and the MSNBCs of the world but then like when you find stuff uh, that goes the other direction that you might even agree with but don't like the way it's presented it just reminds you how alone you can actually be when you're kind of politically homeless uh, as far as where you fit in within the current culture I guess. Mm-hmm. So. I just, uh, I, I resent a lot of the framing yeah. around this right now. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it would be one thing if they, if they didn't champion it so much other, if they didn't champion mental health, uh, and, uh, and raise black voices and all these things when it fits their narrative, it wouldn't be so abhorrent if they didn't go completely the opposite direction, as long as they're on message. If Kanye's fans were out here genuinely claiming that, it's okay to for anything like for Kanye to threaten people because he's mentally ill. Yeah. Uh, if he if they were actually out here saying that, I would understand. But they're responding as if that's being said, and it's just I haven't seen it. There's no evidence anyone is saying that. So, I think it's just intellectually dishonest. And this story will keep evolving because he doesn't seem to have any uh, inclination of stopping. So we will no. we will follow it. As I just want to know if he's going to announce like he's moving to rumble he's he's getting on gab like i just want to know because he 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 can be successful with support from the public and without it that's the like magic of kanye's ability to understand relevancy and to understand like media presentation it's one of the reasons i thought he and kim were such a power couple because like he is so um divorced from needing to comply with public opinion but he is well aware of it and, and she is able to capitalize off it. of yeah. yeah but she knows how to market to it pursue it and turn it into cash like yeah, that is cash kind of like flow. an actual power they were couple, an yeah. actual power couple no one appreciated it including kim kardashian and he still speaks highly of her i just i really hope that that can be Work repaired out. it's well, just she's doing everything she possibly can to make it impossible i think she should embrace like how 
unusual he is because in some yeah. ways it took her and you can see this really the direct comparison is to her, her fashion style like he made her a fashion icon because he was like you have to just not like stop pursuing trends you have to set trends yourselves and like in the same way like the same way that i always think if you know businesses or people that are getting purged from social media like ask critically why because maybe you don't agree with what they're saying but you should understand what message is being pulled from tech by these big companies like kim kardashian should look at kanye west and be like what about you is captivating public attention even when people hate you because i can probably turn that into money and they would have so much money to give their children not that they don't already but the hell with bros th th them getting back together is the romantic comedy we need please somebody yes. make that movie please <laughs> let's go to super chats do it. hobbit said um, do you have uh, all of them? Because I what? lost, I, I lost them. The I had a refresh. You got, a, you have the. I the have them as far as I know. Yeah. Right. Um, sorry, potatoes for Seamus said conspiracy theory. All three hosts have some sort of headgear on, counting headphones. Wait, so is that like? Um, could I have like, uh, like the big, like a cone head that I'm hiding somehow? It's not a conspiracy though, right? He just said conspiracy. You're just theory. looking directly. We're wearing hats. We are wearing hats. <laughs> I'm wearing. I need a follow up fall. here. It's fall vibe. What does our headgear uh, indicate to you? What's the conspiracy here? What that is the meaning? I would like of it to all? know. Also, this is the best time of year. That we're dropping by hat far, merch. By far, oh, just kidding. If I could, not. if I if I could get a like a snapback hat for here uh, with like the TV logo on, I feel like that that'd be, be so cool. That would oh, be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Waffle Sensei said, "Brett, that was a Harold and Kumar joke uh, when they parachute into George W's house, and he says, you don't gotta love your government to be a good American. You just gotta love your country.' That is a, a beautiful thing, and it's what absolutely just doing. It's a stink bug on my pen. Oh, okay, oh, lovely. That's, That's great. But that time of year again, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But this is the best time of year, except for the stink bugs. Yeah, it is the best time of year. Yep." Center Conservative Mom 98 said, Hannah Claire, not sure if that's me or another mom, but my toddler does love Tim. He thought a man on the street was Tim the other week, actually. Oh <laughs> I would have loved Oh my god. Deceased. Amazing. I want to see like just a toddler run up to Tim. <laughs> and he's like, What is this? What? Especially <laughs> like your poor toddler's gonna be really confused heading into winter as more and more people don headwear. <laughs> more beanies. Mm, yes, yeah. yes. Yep. Caper2x said NASCAR Hannah Claire Brimelow. That's you. That's me. I'll figure when? it out, team. Johnny Derp said hoping to bag my limit during tourist season. What does this mean? Uh, was that in reference to something from earlier? Uh, we're, Don't we, know. That was from earlier. What's so. tourist season? Tourist? Like tourist traveling? Tourist season is different depending on where you are, but. I don't have that. I don't have the super chats here anymore, so I can't tell. Or he's saying tourist, like the zodiac sign. No, a tourist. Okay, that's what I yeah. got. I uh, I watched um, the original, like the Zodiac movie, the other day, and it was one of those things where I, I remember like loving that movie. I couldn't like I, I don't know if my attention span has just gotten worse, but I couldn't pay mm. attention. Uh, it was it's weird. Like usually the older movies, I have an easier time paying attention than newer movies. Like something about the familiarity of it, mm -hmm. like allows me to sink back into the story better. Couldn't couldn't focus on it at all. Tacti Platy said, Hannah Claire, the bookstore in Berkeley Springs is a good idea, but how about Shepherdstown a little bit closer? It's the most pro-Biden area I've seen nearby. Shepherdstown has its own bookstore right now. Although, I will say, Shepherdstown's having, I don't know why I'm doing this, but Shepherdstown's having their um, annual community something book sale. It's in their downtown. It's not oh, affiliated yeah. with the bookstore. It's huge. It's awesome. There's cool stuff there. You guys should go if you live 
within driving distance. Um, Berkeley Springs doesn't have a bookstore, which is why it needs one. And like I said, it has a lot of tourist traffic. I also think that independent bookstores are great for communities. And I think Berkeley Springs is a really wonderful community. I don't live there, so don't think I, I do. There was also a super chat, or not a super, I'm sorry, there was a, a comment in that Alan Moore article, I was just thinking about this, where somebody says, we've already got a superhero fighting against fascism. It's Joe Biden. <laughs> That was oh, one. No. That was one of the comments. And please was, say that's a. Bot. I couldn't. I couldn't tell if it was joking or not. It's Joe Biden himself. Can it please be a bot? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's Hunter. He's like, I've got it, Dad. Don't worry. Hobbit said, "Kafifi all over again." Yeah, basically. Quiet Inari said, "Sarah Silverman said Jews killed Jesus, and she'd do it again." I don't care her opinion on anything. I think you mean about her opinion on anything. Um. Yeah, she's, she's one awful. of those Twitter fingers people. What does she do now? She was like a comedian <laughs> for a minute, right? She is Sarah Silverman. That's what she does. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Not Alan Rogers said, what if Lizzo is just really strong, though? She is. She's just the most buff woman to ever live. I like the idea that like it's actually been more awful than that, that she's actually been wearing a fat suit the whole time. And it's actually just a character she's playing. That would be that would be more psychotic. interesting. That would be an insane twist. I, I that would be a more interesting twi- twist. <laughs> Tacti Platy said, "As a Hispanic, I hate being expected to be woke slash Latinx." Is that is that expected of the of you guys? Like, is, is everyone I mean, expected to be woke? Like, uh, do I fall into that category now as a as a uh, as a Slavic person who is now technically considered a person of color? Uh, you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Slavic wow. people are... Uh, according to whom? According to... I, I forget the name of the... Somebody would be able to... In the, I could look it up. Uh, it was like... Yeah, they, they now put uh, Slavic people into the people of color hmm. uh, category now. Matt said, please review Chris Jenner's masterclass <laughs> on branding. There was do always, you have to pay I would for absolutely that? love to do that. Do you have to pay for a masterclass? Tim, it's a company expense. I think they do. There was also a George Bush one on handling adversity or something, if I remember correctly. And Matt also added that Hillary Clinton has one on resilience. There, there's a there's a Reddit thread that says Slavs officially recognize as a community of color and can say the N-word now. I don't think they mean the N-word part. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a Reddit thread. Uh, but they, they, they are, uh, according to, um, what was the, the group... There was like one, some organization that says uh, the Coalition of Communities of Color says that uh, uh, okay. Slavic people are now people of color. So you know. I've never heard of this. <laughs> Neither have I. Luis Aguilar said when she's a 10 but listens to Demi Lovato. There, guys, she has some bangers from back in the day, though. Is she still like, what is she doing these days? She's still making music. By All I way, know is her from her crazy like gender headlines. She that put out like a new album a, recently, like. but like all of those gender headlines came out immediately before the album, so you know what that was. Yeah, about. or like one was before her podcast launched or something, right? Yeah. Also, guys, what you should do uh, is go watch the Ben Shapiro video where he breaks down the music in her album, and it's just in tra- Demi Lovato's in, in album. The, it's trap. Like no I, one I, loves my, pop music no, more than Ben, ben my Shapiro. My favorite part is I'm just picturing Ben like in his office doing this with a, like a disc man yeah. 
going like this. Like, Writing I notes periodically. I love, I love this song. I hope he did this <laughs> in high What does this mean? I hope he did this in high school, too. Yes. He's like actually always been a huge fan of pop music. Speaking of Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, what you guys should do is go and get 35% off of a, a Daily, Daily Wire, Wire membership. membership. You can use our referral link, which is in the description, and you can also use it to get $12 off a Jeremy's Razors Founders Kit. It helps us earn points in Jeremy's Razors competition for his McLaren. You can also get 250k if you win so which we will we're going uh, to pick a charity for that will get a third of that yep. prize money maybe maybe two charities half for me and half like uh half for you no i think we should agree on one, one. one how charity? are you that'll be a challenge in and of itself how are you guys Paper, rock, doing <laughs> in your like leaderboard status yeah, I, i'm not checking i'm just I'm i don't just, know oh. if they have a public leaderboard you, you so you don't know i don't who's think winning? they do yeah they but we know that there was one um youtuber who was like in the lead we just don't know if he still is yeah by the way what the hell does hillary clinton know about resilience other than like uh like, uh, if you're a psychopath you don't need resilience yeah like uh, how to take you out your political enemies like on a regular basis probably like, just her ghost author was like i'll explain to you what resilience is and she was like cool like, like you don't have feelings she's like sometimes Stop. i run out of hot sauce in my purse and i have to go get more and that's that's a it takes a lot overcome. of resilience hashtag overcome <laughs> Potatoes for Seamus said, here's something just cause. Thank you. Thank you so that much. Was, thank you so much. That is, uh, uh, that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> James Orenthal Wen said, Rutkowski was the first resident POC of the BMU. What is the BMU? Uh, I don't know. Um, beanie something, you know, oh, Beanie. Oh, uh, uh, beanie something shared universe. Uni uh, yeah, it's, a, it's the... What? It's like our shared universe here. Uh, Beanie Man Beanie universe? Man universe, yeah. So uh, Luke would have been the first. So me and Luke are both uh, part of a community of color here. Do you guys have like uh, organizational meetings? Do you guys have yes, a union? Yes, yeah. Well, our world domination meetings happen on a regular basis. He's Slavic you mean as your well. oppression yes. meetings? Okay. Come on, team. Yep. Dragon's Talent 1001 said, Harvey Weinstein's masterclass on intimacy coordination. Oh yes, let's. You learn go. from the experts. It's well, yeah. Like uh, it would. It's like it's kind of like going to uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer cooking school, or was that was that Bundy that cooked people? Who was the no one Jeffrey that, Dahmer? Yeah, it's like going evil. to. It's like the Jeffrey Dahmer master class on cooking. <laughs> Matt said. IFCN channel only has 1K subs. Go watch their videos. IFCN, I'll, I'll check it out. What is it? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't tell me to go watch their videos before. without a specific description of their content. We, we got a um, we got a uh, a um, uh, message here recently, a little bit ago, about a guy who wanted to use a clip of ours for like a BBC podcast from like our episode 170 uh, when we were talking about Grand Theft Auto, and I didn't know what the protocol was. I assumed that they could use it anyways because it would be fair use. Um, but they he, like he hit me up and asking like could they use this clip and I had to go through like you trust the BBC. Well, this is this guy's uh, the no offense to the BBC. This Why was, are we I'm, putting them on blast right now? I'm not putting. I'm like, this, I just think all mainstream publications you just have to take with a little bit of salt. The IFCN know? is the International Fact Checking Network. Okay, sounds a little bit sussy. Maybe well, you need to elaborate. You guys on are that. understanding my instinct here. Yes. Well, I'm just like the guy, he came to us and asked permission ahead of time to use that clip. What is so, he using it for? Uh, Did we give for a it to him? Uh, yeah, we get, okay. like, they give him permission. But it's a podcast talking about the history of Grand Theft Auto and like people. They uh, took kind from of, our conversation about yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Basically just analyzing whether they think it's going to get uh, super woke. Is he a regular listener? Is yeah. he going to shout you guys out? That's so I exciting. He may be. He better. Yep. I think he uses our audio. Lead, it might have been our lead topic for that day. It so was. he just looked up that 
like subject and found it. That's he, cool. And if, recommended. If I remember, he knew who Tim was. So at the very least, he he had more background. So yeah. All right. Guys, we have we have more to go because believe it or not, it's 2022 and we have to talk about Scooby Doo. We're Except so for, excited! I used Everyone to really like Scooby Doo. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I thought it was like such a good cartoon when I was a child, and now the modern world has ruined it. So, um, as you know, um, in the Halloween special, Velma is gay, but Psych, she's not gay in the Velma spinoff. Yes, yeah, in the Velma spinoff series, she's apparently not gay, even though it's got Mindy Kaling in it, who yeah. is considered a gay icon. So I just don't know. Wait, she, but she does have two moms. Mindy in the Kaling is gay in uh, real life. I have no idea. It just no, she's not. She's a gay icon. The, like the, how's she a gay the way, icon? The way Lady Gaga is like a gay icon. Like they people. listed her as like a, an icon for LGBTQ. And like, Literally oh, how? How do you earn such a title? Also, like, without you don't, people just, like, are people who are gay are like, I like her show. And everyone's like, she's a gay icon. People love her. Thank you guys, by the way. So it says, thank you guys. So it says, (laughs) gay Velma has already been. Let us know what color you want the Halloween lights to be. Yes, yes. Gay Velma has already been ruined. Has a crush on Fred in the HBO Max show. Uh, So guys, what we're saying here is that (laughs) there's, what, what? What? Okay. Uh, what were I was like? I was like, did I say something wrong? Because I felt like I said HBO. Did I say HBO Max wrong? No. So there's two. There's two versions of Velma. There's Velma in the in the Scooby Doo Halloween, uh, the spooky one, right? That one is the one that is now. She's gay. white and gay. She's she, yes. And then the new one, being voiced by Mindy Kaling, is straight and Indian. So you gotta pick something it maybe not both but you got to pick something but, to change about but her. she does have two moms in this one. and gay she's indian and gay because or no she's like gay and, and white in the halloween special and indian and straight in the series and she's then, indian only because mindy kaling and with indian. two moms in okay yes and what, what i want to point out here is that this really is before we get into the details i want to point out how much of this really is about social it's about conquering so, uh, our social settings. It's about conquering our past. Nobody cares about Velma. All they want yeah. is to take everything that was once something else and turn it into something. This is where the term and they're really scraping the bottom yeah. of the barrel at this point for new characters to ruin. And what in this article, the the other article we're going to reference here, where they're where they're talking about it with Mindy Kaling, has the gall to mention uh, Spider Man into the uh, like Miles Morales Spider Man. I'm sorry, that's the exception. That is not the rule as far as like changing a character and then having the public actually like that changed character. Everyone likes Miles Morales. Okay, not everyone. Most people like Miles Morales Spider-Man because he was made into his own character. I'm not even a huge fan of the idea of a mantle anyways, but that works. You do not get to put Mindy Kaling Velma on the same level as Miles Morales Spider-Man. Nope. No how. Well, okay. Let me just read the quote and we can evaluate it afterwards she said this um at new york comic-con we knew it would be fun for me to play velma and we had a conversation where velma is white and we have this new choice to do the show and if i'm voicing her should she be white or should she not that's not we were really inspired by into the spider-verse it's animation we can do anything the essence of velma is not necessarily tied to her whiteness and i identify so much as her character and I think so many people do. So it's like, yeah, let's make her Indian in this series. They have changed more than a few voice actors recently because they're not allowed to voice characters it's that are not re- their race. It's so really telling that 
this was even a question in yeah. the first place that this conversation needed to happen. It was like assumed from the very jump that this conversation needed to be had. Should she be white or should she not be? And you can't come out of that conversation saying that she should be white. That would be racist. Yes. So it's it's all about uh, it's about conquering social land. It's about conquering the social landscape, right? Everything. It's finally this character is this, meaning that the end goal of any character is to be anything other than whatever the hell it was before in popular culture, because they're creatively bankrupt. I used to push back on this excuse when they're like they're creatively bankrupt. I think they're both creatively bankrupt and morally like just awful people, right? So not only do they want to do all of this social, uh, change everything socially, but they also just don't have the creative ability to make their own characters and have them stick in the public consciousness. So they have to scrape the bottom of the barrel with Scooby-Doo. And like the idea that Velma or that Scooby-Doo has this dedicated fan base on the level of Spider-Man is such a delusional take. And yet they still find a way to throw shade at the fan base and hate them. The if you watch the teaser trailer, we can't show it here because of copyright. Always the same story. Um, it's extremely self-referential to the point where it's basically like breaking the fourth wall and has, has Velma like almost look directly in the camera and be like, I hate you. This show isn't for you. Why is this? Okay, what, what was it that I said earlier? I'm always much better at speaking when we're not on air. But basically the idea is here, they want to tell you that the show is not for you while promoting the show and even in making the show by telling you the making show is not... Making direct quotes that, at you. That the show is not for you, which inherently makes it for you, just in a way that hates you. Yeah. Who the hell does that? I mean, it's just encouraging... Like self-flagellation? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, it it's also, like, more so excluding the audience they say it is made for. Yeah. Uh, because they're addressing the the ones who supposedly hate them. And again, I hate the, just the fact that we have to talk about Scooby-Doo in 2022 because the these way, people make it a big deal is insane. Scooby-Doo is not going to be featured nope. in the Velma series at all. All the, all the characters but Scooby-Doo. Why? Uh, do they not get the rights for it or something? I mean, I'm sure they do, but um, they just wanted to focus more on, on Velma. They, they, this is why I, I get so upset when they talk about... You can't about, race swap Scooby. That's, that's probably So why. it's the point of wasting time writing for him if you, yeah. can't, if you can't do it. And I want to point out that this is why whenever they talk about this, of, oh, it's done, it's canon now, this character is this now. They hate canon when it's uh, something that they don't like, but they love it when they can use canon as a way of bludgeoning you and saying like, ha, look at what we took from you. Look what no longer belongs to you. When that's not how the people that are that they're yelling at are thinking about it. They just don't want their stuff messed with. I think Scooby-Doo is an interesting choice. I think because it has spanned several decades. I don't know when Scooby-Doo first came out. But it's had several iterations in terms of, you know, updating the animation and storylines. And then there's movies. And then there's TV shows. And then there's comic books and whatever else. It really does mm -hmm. stood as an animated series. Um it's also difficult, like not very many platforms stream tons and tons of Scooby-Doo content, like older Scooby-Doo content. Uh, Netflix had like one version of it that was a couple seasons long. But again, because there have so, been so many iterations of it, it is kind of an interesting thing to bring back because they're specifically picking something that will become the default if you search for Scooby-Doo on, I don't know what this is coming out on, but like on any major HBO streaming platform. Yeah, on a major streaming platform. So now um, they own all of the Scooby-Doo 
IP. And, and the other thing is here is like, it doesn't even matter because uh, in the Mindy Kaling version, she's got two moms. So they still have representation. Those characters just won't be on screen as much. It's just such well, an irrelevant ass it's detail that you can tell they were like patting themselves yeah. on the back so hard for adding it. And uh, played by uh, played by played by Wanda Sykes and Jane Lynch, to which I say like you I know can't. love uh, love both of those ladies in past stuff. Actually, Jane Lynch, uh, most people know her from um, was it Community? What, what was Jane Lynch? I didn't watch what was, Community. What was Jane Lynch's big thing in Guys? Uh, but she uh, she plays Spencer Reed's Glee. Mo- uh, she was in Glee. Glee. I'm sorry, Glee, not Community. Uh, she plays Spencer Reed's um, mom, who suffers from like severe mental illness and criminal minds. And does a really, really good job in that show. Wanda Sykes. She's on one episode of Gilmore Girls as a nurse. There you go. Um, So you can get great actors for things that are completely irrelevant and don't matter. Like you said, why does that matter? It doesn't matter. But it's all about take that in cells. Look at what we've taken from you. That's really what it comes down to. They want to take everything that you loved as a kid and change it. Not because they want it, but because you want it. I just don't even know who this is for, though. Like, mm-hmm. is this for adults who grew up watching it? Is it for new All of kids that is now. to put on? Like, I don't... The thing that's charming about Scooby-Doo is that it features a dog that loves snacks and is afraid of things that hunts, like, mystery, whatever. Yep. Like, there's something very charming about that title character that is not going mm-hmm. to appear in Velma. I don't really understand why... I mean... Look, I'm a broken record. I think it's boring to keep recreating old IP content and just putting your new values into it. I don't think it's necessary. Updated I think if for you modern really, audience, right? And I think if your values were uh, truly that important and so visible in society that you felt like they had a unique story, you should tell that unique story. You shouldn't just muck up something that already existed to try and present your values in an old medium, like. I would hope that you feel so inspired by the stories that you know and love to be able to portray them in a new way. Like, that's not what this is doing. And I think in some ways, like, being like, oh, well, we're going to courtesy cast LGBT moms to make it seem like they're represented is sort of, I think it should be insulting, but we're seeing it presented as a victory. So, of course, public sentiment will be like, oh, it's a win. (coughs) Yeah. Really, you should be like, no, we deserve our own original content. 25,000 upvotes. 189,000 downvotes, which to be on fair, YouTube? on YouTube, which to be fair, that's more promotion and that's more eyeballs on it than this would have ever gotten if this controversy wasn't happening. All press so, is good press. That's what they're saying, right? So they're like, uh, at the very least, they're not b- banking on the 189,000 people that are saying that they hate this. What they're banking on is for that uh, 5% of people who just hear about the controversy and then when, but have no opinion either way. And then when they're click- clicking through HBO Max one night, they're like, oh, I remember somebody talking about something about Velma. And then they're just going to put it on. That's the market they're trying to court. I think it's weird, too, because Mindy Kaling, you know, she was a writer on The Office and obviously acted in it as well. She has uh, the Mindy Project, which did extremely well, had a lot of seasons, had a pretty serious following. She is actually very talented and can create original content well. I don't know why she would sign on to a project that is just pretending to be original content by being like, oh, it's about this character instead of about this character. I, I think probably she has the creative wherewithal to make something new and original and succeed at that. In fact, I don't follow her career super intensely, but um, uh, what is that book that they recreated a movie of? Uh, A Wrinkle in Time. She was in a Wrinkle in Time remake that had a huge budget. Every 
movie production of A Wrinkle in Time has famously flopped because it's just a very difficult novel to portray on screen. It's very abstract and Very abstract. And and, I remember uh, Brie Larson having some fantastic thoughts on that. Well, and like Mm -hmm. uh, Reese Witherspoon's in it. Oprah was in it. uh, I think Anne Hathaway was also in it. Like all these girl boss ladies. And it did poorly, which history could have predicted for them. Like when Mindy Kaling from again this very limited anecdote is involved in stuff that's recreating older content it doesn't do well not her fault necessarily it's just a bad business decision but she's actually capable of creating original content that's good why would we waste her time on Velma this seems dumb to me because she's ideologically driven more than profit driven at this point and I want to come back to the part where they talk about finally their audiences are finally ready well when you're asking who is this for the astroturfed audience is like all of this is getting astroturfed basically by journalists Mm -hmm. because in every article and every headline about gay velma it's we've all been waiting for this and it's like just assume that you know this this is part of the cultural zeitgeist that everyone's always known that Velma is gay uh, like we've I all been she waiting was for like this dating to shaggy and daphne was dating the blonde one also there's a better yeah. argument am i just be- super like heteronormative where that's all i like saw was that yeah, how ultimate, dare you ultimate how teenage couples that, that clearly went to like homecoming together you know what i mean <laughs> there was the there was the um the, there's a babylon b uh meme that just said it said like uh, people are outraged to find out that Vel, oh Velma, never mind. We don't care. That's all. <laughs> that's all it said. Like, because people like people wouldn't care. And to, and to the journalist's credit, as Eple's supervillains, they're doing a fantastic job of making this more relevant than it would have ever been. And we're part of that problem. To be fair, you know they're uh, talking about adding Harley Quinn as a character in the Velma series. Why? Did you hear about that? Because it's not relevant enough on its own merits. The character See, doesn't have Harley a huge Quinn fan base. Is becoming the designated so they have to add Harley of, Quinn. She's becoming designated hitter for HBO Who is Max. also queer baited a ton. Yeah. Uh, well, I think she is actually um, in, this, in the current run of it. I think she's with Poison Ivy. Now, even with the, the new Velma series, they're queer baiting that because she's then they're like, well, th- that means she could be bisexual just because she has a crush on Fred doesn't mean she can't have a girlfriend in a later Don't worry, season she can still be cool a later season which by the way is Will not gonna happen, gonna happen because this show we all know is going to get scrapped for tax purposes in due time and then they'll blame that on people's uh, racism homophobia sexism that they didn't support the show that um excuse me wasn't made for them at the beginning and, and they're not calling him shaggy he's called norville which is his real name um why aren't they calling him cool. shaggy because they're just not. He doesn't like, sh- this is the weird thing. Is like, some of these decisions are so ideologically driven. And then other ones, I'm like, why are you ruining the charm of this children's series that you're trying to profit off Thank of? Thank you. You know what I mean? Because it's supposed to be an adult series now. But And this goes back to what yeah. we were talking about but before. That still would evoke the nostalgia that adults that watch this growing up. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about comic books, right? Like, they're, they're no longer made for kids. They're, they're made, made for, for adults. adults. That, yeah. that uh, So whenever you, like, uh, whenever you hear people say, it's not made for you. Actually, it was. This was made for you to hate watch. I think this is the kind of thing that also drives people to YouTube. And you have to bear with me on yes, this, like, sketchy right. theory. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, YouTubers, both who make, like, vlogs but also who make their own animations who make all kinds of content uh are more creative like they make original stuff and they make original stuff to stay unique and relevant whereas this 
is clearly relying on subsidization from HBO to exist at all. No yeah. one asked for this and no one really wants it. We don't think it'll survive. Like, it's a pointless project, project just to prove some ideological point. All so that in, like, okay, this is, we're going to talk in a little bit about, um, I brought up, uh, I know it was for this segment. Uh, I, I was trying to think of where I, I remembered Sarah Silverman from last. And this is how fast the, the rage, the outrage just filters through you because it becomes part of your life. We, I couldn't think of what the awful project was that she was on with Seth Rogen last year, but it was Santa Inc. Do you remember Santa Inc.? Uh, the awful. I didn't. Okay. It's, it? it's a super uh, disrespectful show, uh, adult uh, claymation show about Santa Claus that's got uh, everything that you could possibly imagine wrong, every type of crude humor, uh, while being super anti-Christian, super anti-family, super anti-everything, uh, and you wonder who the hell is this for, and I couldn't remember, like, that's how quickly it, it fades, like, I was annoyed. Was Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen, yeah. Uh, Just some of the worst people yeah, yeah, yeah. in so, Hollywood, basically. And, and they couldn't even think of it. Like, uh, And it was like, so that's what happens when they try to make new stuff. And even that's not new. That's just uh, an already established part of our culture, Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, but not, uh, at least at the very least, not based off of... Uh, a, High hopes uh, for Violent Night, by the way. Yes, we're, we're hoping that Violent Night uh, ends up good. There's some fantastic scenes in <laughs> the trailer. Watch the trailer if you haven't. So it's just... Um, it just it boggles my mind that this is a, a viable method that they seem to think works for how they market stuff. I'd like to read a okay. copy pasta that's been spread around oh, yeah. about the new iteration this. of Fred, which I almost believed was real because I, it's so stupid. I found this. Uh, so this is apparently from iFunny. Um, yeah, I I knew that it wasn't like directly from a showrunner, but like you can almost believe it at this point. Read with it. How absurd everything has gotten. It's as much like the original Fred. Our Fred is a white guy who loves to take credit for everyone else's work. But our Fred is also a pretty boy gym rat, riddled with daddy issues, big enough to make Eric Trump say damn. <laughs> and yet, Fred knows that no matter how douchey he acts, he'll never live up to his father's expectations. Because Fred has a deep, dark secret. He's 16 years old and hasn't gone through puberty yet. <laughs> Worse, his secret is getting harder and harder to hide. Not just from his father, but from his girlfriend, Daphne, who's getting a little bored with just the over-the-clothes <laughs> stuff. Fortunately, Fred is wrongly imprisoned for murders he didn't commit. He needs the help of Poor Town's High's least popular student, Velma, to prove his innocence. And while it's weird for Fred to see, let alone talk to a girl like Velma, he quickly realizes her thoughts and emotions have value. The the level, it's just mwah. like it's actually believable yeah. that that was the new like bio for Fred. I also like that it's fortunately he was wrongly imprisoned for murder. Yeah, <laughs> buys him time. Um, uh. it just um, it's like I, I was like uh, I, I could see them saying this because he's the only one they didn't race swap. Out yeah, of the, so there's got to be something wrong with him, right? Well, he's gonna he's gonna say insensitive stuff the whole thing and yeah. be like, he's gonna be like, no, Fred, you can't say that. That's yeah. wrong. And he's gonna be the point. unwoke douche. 
Glenn Howerton as Fred, Constance Wu as Daphne, Sam Richardson as Norville, aka Shaggy, Mindy Kaling as Velma. I've seen every opinion about about Shaggy being race swapped. That's like a lot of people like it. Kind of makes sense because he's like there's a YouTuber I watch named Fredo. Uh, he's like he's like if he's like he's like I'm a black man and he's like if I hear a, sa- a sound coming from downstairs, I run the other way. I don't want to go look for it. Like that's. <laughs> I just feel like there is too much money in paying people to remake and wokeify nostalgic things especially remaking them for adults like that's enough it's like it reminds me the fact that this is like a cartoon for adults about high school age children as far as i know like it reminds me of a uh, uh, young adult books yeah. being considered just like a genre they're not actually yeah. for they're just like for anyone no to yeah enjoy. why it's, it's nobody actually expects ya readers to be ya which is crazy they're they're adult women which like they, let's face it it's weird also, the you guys think you guys think comics are woke. You think movies are woke. You think those industries are horrible. Holy crap! The the YA writing scene is one of the most toxic, and I don't use that word lightly. Toxic places you will ever find. I used to watch these videos. It's like they like cancel themselves to <laughs> to like, return to our thesis. People buy bookstores who have left wing ideology. Bookstores. Mm. Go look for books that support their ideology. So publishers know that certain things should be in books. And you know who it's still buys a lot of books? Young adults, aka teenagers. Like this is a Wasn't self there like a golden age of YA? It was like Divergent, Divergent <laughs> Hunger Games, I never read Twilight, it, but The Fault in Our Stars. I've never seen any of those. Uh, I mean, I, I saw the movies of. Of, it's uh, all original games. content, you know? I love it. I but, miss that stuff. But I know that those were like, but now getting that stuff made is like, what was the one like uh, Zach from Comics Matter covered like this author who like, she like canceled her own book series because of the backlash she got. She was like a Chinese American author and she canceled, she basically canceled her book because she got backlash because she included slavery in her book. And they said, you can't put slavery in your book as if uh, like, her like Chinese people have never uh, experienced slavery of any sort as if that matters as if you had to experience it to write about it right uh, absolutely bonkers so uh, if you're going to write a YA novel get your hazmat suit kind of like that like me putting on my hazmat suit to the check thing is like feed. if you write a YA novel that doesn't have those values and if there's anyone in the chat who's tried this like I bet most publishers are like no you we can't print this it's it's too it's not good we don't like it doesn't have enough representation like it becomes you know really publishing is an oversaturated industry there are more people trying to publish books than there are actual books that will get published in a year and like people who either have these values or are willing to cave to the values will get their book out and it's kind of sad and toxic mm-hmm. let's go to chats Hypebot said, Mindy is the brown part of the new pride flag, quote unquote, gay icon. Gay icon. See, I, I is thought that she, how I, she's a gay. Icon? I didn't know she was. No, she, I think it's just that she's like Lady Gaga. Like gay people like her content. Is yeah. she is she uh, is she straight? Is she married? She's straight. She's only dated men publicly. Okay. She's not married, but she does have two kids. Remember, that's that's the thing now, though. They can do that. Like uh, in the, in the comic industry, you just tell people you're bisexual. They can't prove you wrong. So you just you get away with it. They're like, yes, I am part of this community. That's something they actually do. Like people who have been straight their whole lives have been married to the opposite yeah. uh, opposite sex are suddenly like, yes, I, I once dated somebody of the other gender in high school. You <laughs> can't prove me wrong. Waffle Sensei said, as long as no characters in any show are straight and white, the cult can overlook one of these sins. Or they have a definitive 
Fred to be like, oh, you're so backwards, you yeah. cis white male. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the thing I, I said, the whole point of like the, of the, this, this is canon now is like, it's literally to tear down cishet normativity. That's what they want to get rid of. They want to get rid of anything cis heterosexual. It's weird. Waffle Sensei said, Velma only has a crush on straight white Fred right now. She will soon learn what an evil person he is and she will get set on the correct gay path. Most likely. That's likely what will happen. Yeah. She'll be like, why am I even attracted to you? You're such a douchebag. As if you just remind me of Ellen DeGeneres. As if, as if that's how it works. It's like, it's like you're so bad. Like, you just like, I don't just go find another guy that I'm interested in. I go literally the complete, because that's how people Fred work. turned me yeah. gay. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Derp said, modern entertainment companies are the kid who licks the brownie you were about to eat and then asks why you don't want it anymore. <laughs> that is all. That's a great line. He uh, also said, add Daria to the Velma series. That is all. Uh, leave Just da- like leave any Daria alone. animated lady out there. <laughs> Who's that girl from uh, uh, Fairly Odd Parents? Oh, they mentioned the, like, Judy Jetson. The babysitter that's mean. Oh. Vicky? Yeah. Vicky. Bring her in. Like. Yeah. <sighs> Blinded the- Journeyman said, didn't Velma have the hots for men several times throughout the shows and movies? Yes. Yep. Yep. But it's canon that she's bisexual now. Um, also, I want to point out that what we lose the most out on here is that we don't get Linda Carlini as as Velma. That's that's just it's a bummer. I need to stop watching YouTube. Said only a Sarah Silverman could make a Santa Ink. Sarah Silverman's awful, and Santa Ink is awful. I that was one of those things where like we I got through one episode and I'm like nope nope. It was it was did, that. Were bad. you hate watching it on purpose or did you? No, we watch were gonna we were gonna we, we talked good. about the show because they were releasing it weekly at that time. I think they released the first two episodes, and it was that it was that not offensive, but it was that like blatantly designed to piss you off. Like, who is this for? Like, nobody's actually laughing at this. Mm-hmm. So. Caper 2X said, with the price of comics as high as they are now, only adults can afford them now. That ended my collecting. Um, I mean, isn't that kind of why people got into collecting, yeah. like, the omnibus and the and the graphic novels? Because, like, you could rather and than And Funko buying, Pops. Yeah. The, that's even I weird. don't get those. <laughs> what is the it's not a toy. It's not a toy. They're just like knickknacks that you put on a shelf, which all people, all kinds of people have those things, but like mm-hmm. why are those specifically so popular? I don't get it. And they lose their value know. to people as soon as you take them out of the case anyways. You're you can, supposed to all keep them all in their boxes and stack them up by the hundreds. Supposed to, uh, do people still buy baseball cards? Do people like ba- I, I still have tons of baseball cards at my <laughs> back at home in Minnesota. At <laughs> least that's like... Not lame. Like, like uh, collecting Funko Pops is just lame. Well, I, 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 I knew some people. I I knew this guy in college who had gotten like someone's rookie card when he was like seven or eight, and was like, "This guy's gonna be good." And his mom was like, "Okay, sweetie, like whatever." And that guy ended up being like a really big deal on like the St. Louis Cardinals or something. Mm-hmm. And he still has his card like that is now worth tons of money. Like I think really? baseball like how cards. Much? I think it's like several tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I wow. could be misremembering that. But like, I thought that was such a cool story that like b- baseball had been a passion since he was a kid. He mm-hmm. played, but he was never going to be like a major league player. But he was interested in the cards and like that actually turned into something. And like as a young kid, he was able to be like, no, I like this player. And he really yeah. did become a big deal. Like Funko Pops don't have that kind of legacy. It's like a corporation selling them so that you'll buy more and more and more of them. Like Beanie Babies in a weird way did have like a rise in like, yeah. rarity and like whatever else but like 
I don't really understand the never appeal before of Funko has, Pops. Never before has manufacturing error created a better market for, for valuables. Because uh, that's how a lot of it, you know, like, it's not Snort, it's Tabasco. What does that mean? So it's it's got a different name. Uh, there's actually a fascinating, like, I remember I got sucked down into, like, a like a, a Beanie Baby, like, documentary well, like, one day. And I mm-hmm. watched, like, way more content than you'd ever watch on Beanie Babies. I'm proud of you. in the dot-com yeah. bubble. I do have, uh, I do have a, uh, a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card that, unfortunately, was bent at an early age that no. would be worth way more if I hadn't been irresponsible as a child. It's probably still worth something. <laughs> you were bending your baseball cards, sitting on your glasses constantly. Breaking my glasses. Breaking everything. Broke so many my, pairs of glasses. My uh I broke so many pairs of glasses. My dad got me the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses with the with the bar across the top and said if I broke them, uh, I had to have those for a year without breaking them or that's the only thing he would replace them with. That's funny. That's my, you know, <laughs> There's and, uh, your punishment. And I don't break them anymore, at least not as often. Caper 2X said uh, oh no, Thousand Foot Deep End said it's not for anyone, Hannah Claire. It's about you not having it anymore. But like, no one even had Velma. Like, no one cared well, about Velma. I, that's why I think my specific like part. point that like Scooby Doo has had several iterations. There have been lots of like TV series. The animation has changed. There have been movies, and like you actually have a fairly hard time streaming them on streaming platforms. I know. I have tried. Uh, Hannah Claire trying to stream something? No I, way. I have young siblings who deserve <laughs> to see Scooby-Doo because I used to think it was a cool thing, right? So I'm looking for the ones that I saw in like the early 2000s. And like, again, there are not very many of them on streaming platforms. I feel like they are specifically picking content that they know you won't be able to parallel watch and be like, why are they doing this, right? Yeah. Because it's not on mm-hmm. streaming. Like they're like, oh, this will be the only one people can have. One more. Hava Owens said, "We're in the era of tainted member berries." The 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 solution to this really is if you're a new creator like Eric D. July or any of these people um, that are making their own comics and their own movies and their own this and that, it's to not sell. It's to not sell your. It's hard because the desires like you want to leave something for your family. You can sell this and make a lot of money right now. And it takes so much more work if you want to create something and make money off it on your own. Just look at his shipping schedule. He's like, he's working 12 to 15 hours. It's just to ship stuff, right? So the way forward, not just for your own benefit, but for the cultural benefit of the world, you want to see uh, be made from the material that you're creating is to not sell it to these Fortune 500 companies, to not sell it to these entertainment companies. I wouldn't even say sell it to these to a platform you trust because you don't know what that platform is going to look like in 10 years when this is viable for member berries, right? Like, hold on to it, make what you want in, uh, in your medium and don't sell. I think that's the best way forward so that it can't be ruined down the line and turned into something that you never wanted it to be. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to Podluck, guys, and I've got something... I I thought everyone knew this this fandom wire article uh, from about Gina Carano, but I want to talk about it because this was something that uh, I showed this to my dad recently, who like doesn't really understand like he understands what's going on in the world, but he doesn't just understand how bad some of these corporations are. And I sent him an article about this. It says this is from Gina Carano, and she says I feel that's extremely abusive. Gina Carano claims Lucasfilm ordered her to watch trans documentaries, attend Zoom call meeting with forty five plus LGBTQIA members well that's called a struggle session ladies and gentlemen that's not actually a meeting i said the same thing about being forced to watch the yeah. fast 
and the Furious franchise. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> abusive. Um, so this I'm just is, kidding. This is from a recent appearance that Gina Carano made on Tucker Carlson Today, which I didn't know was There's a thing. Today and tonight. There, wow. <laughs> so, so the background in this is essentially <laughs> when she was on The Mandalorian, uh, she, uh, remember, when she went to the, the Disney sphere, you are now property of the Disney weirdos and they feel a certain amount mm-hmm. of ownership over you. Um, Pedro Pascal, who is a huge, uh, they love him. They, they love Pedro Pascal. He's got his pronouns in the bio. Uh, he's, he's part of that community and all this I and mean, that. Are you really contractually obligated to do that? No, 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 no. But, but I'm saying that the people who are fans, the, the Disney, the Disney stands on Twitter are going to have expectations of you. And the idea was, they said, you need to put your pronouns in your bio. She said, I respectfully, I'm not going to do that. And they kept bugging her about it, even though other people that work for Disney weren't. So is eventually, she contractually obligated no, no, no. to do that? No. But they keep bothering her She might her about be it. obligated to That's, go to like training sessions that include the so documentaries and stuff. They bother her so much that eventually she puts beep bop boop in her yep. in her Twitter bio, uh, which infuriated because everybody. Because you can do anything you want. And she's already on, at this point, she's already on thin ice with uh, with Twitter. And when you're on thin ice with Twitter, you're on thin ice with Disney because uh, they, uh, they don't make things for you to like anymore. They make things for people on Twitter to hit the like button for, even though that doesn't translate to dollars. Mm-hmm. And then we get her uh, post, uh, she became... More and more, I don't want to say political, but more and more open about her views. Uh, I used to think that like you can't really classify her as anything, but whatever. She she makes her post. It's basically it's it talks about how because history is written by the victors. Uh, you know they they didn't make uh, the the Nazis didn't make people didn't just inherently take people out of their house right away. They made you hate your neighbors first, and it was basically a call for like look. They're going to make you hate each other long before the government gets involved. When exactly was this? Uh, this would have been a couple of years ago now. Probably. 2018, during, right? Or 2019? Yeah, at least two or, two oh, or three that's years a ago. Oh, that's a long time. So, uh, but you, and then when you find could out be wrong. after. I think it's like, you, Then you find out after the fact, after she gets fired, they fire her for that. Right. They fire her for making those abhorrent tweets. That's what they labeled it as abhorrent, which is basically like love your neighbor because Mm -hmm. uh, before the government gets involved, they make you hate each other before all Mm -hmm. this stuff happens, which is not abhorrent. And then we also had at the same time, Pedro Pascal posted all sorts of awful stuff on Twitter. He put uh, losers in 1940, like all these like like uh, the Confederate flag, the Nazi flag and then the, the like MAGA hat. Like so he compared half the country to to Nazis, proving that it had nothing to do with what she was saying it had everything to do or with the uh the words it had everything to do with the what they felt uh they were just looking for a way to get rid of her uh and they tried to reconcile with her by making her go on a zoom call with 45 members uh of their anoint i guess anointed members that they choose of the lgbtqia plus member uh, community she said i don't i'm not going to do that she said i'm going to i'll meet them in person like we could do something in person uh, she, and so she pushed back and she got fired and immediately she had her interview with Ben Shapiro and it just proves to you how dangerous it is to be at one of these companies and believe anything, anything to, uh, in either direction of what they believe, right? You cannot deviate at all. And what she said was a zoom call with 45 representatives of the LGBT community, whatever, like, I don't know how that authority is put on them, but that Zoom call with that many people basically dogpiling you is just an opportunity for them to screen record whatever you say and post it to, and and also deceptively edit it to 
villainize you. So she was, of course, not going to do that. Not to mention it's a struggle session. It's literally designed to just beat you down. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this, like I said, I think she could be contractually obligated to do some of these things for whatever reason. Um, There's other members of those shows that don't have them in her bio. They just went after her because, first of all, they championed her at first. Like, strong, independent woman. Look at how great the character of Cara Dune was. But then they quickly realized that she didn't fall in line with what they believe politically, which became a problem. That's when they start bullying her. Why don't you have pronouns in your bio? Why don't you use hashtag trans rights? All these things that have nothing to do with this television show and shouldn't have anything to do with this television show. Uh, and, And... this was always going to happen. You cannot, they'll go through your friends list. Like they'll go through who you follow and be like, uh-oh, why are you following this person? Then they'll, then they'll do what's even worse. Uh, worse than all of this is cry bullying and concern trolling. When they're like, just thought I'd let you know it's a bad look if you're following this person. Like they, like they, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. I think don't care. What I was going to say is there are a lot of big corporations that require people to go to LGBTQ trainings, to, to go to diversity, equity, inclusion trainings. Uh, most major consulting companies in the U.S. require this of their workers. Like you have to log into the Zoom call for the hour. You need to complete these things. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that we're seeing in Hollywood is actually not surprising at all. We expect it there. And I think this story will probably resonate with a lot of people who are subject to this in their day-to-day corporate life, which I think is important for people to hear that like, there are people who did not feel like this was appropriate, who did not feel like they should be forced to learn about these views, or especially if they feel like they are being singled out and targeted, like she apparent, like Gina uh, Carano is sort of saying in her story, like, because I didn't believe these things, they needed me to basically submit to trainings until I complied. Mm-hmm. And that is messed up. But again, it happens all over the place. She's in a position to talk about it more openly because her story is better known. But like, mm-hmm. I bet you anyone who works for a major company in the U.S. has gone, undergone similar things, been required to go to these kinds of trainings. But what they're saying here is that this wasn't some corporate mandated thing. That they're saying that this was a response to people not liking her on Twitter, which is weird. Uh, the cast seemed to have nothing but good things to say about her. Carl Weathers came to her defense. So did Bill Burr, who did a guest episode yeah. on the show. All saying that, like, basically, uh, she got a raw deal. This and kind of deviates from the ordinary experience of just going through force sensitivity training for any corporate job because it was specifically aimed at her and only her. One person being I set to talk to 45 based on people her past is not. Social yeah, yeah, yeah. Media posts. I, I think that this happens to people, like, that they are specifically targeted and asked to attend certain trainings more regularly than you realize in corporate America. Has that happened to you? It's not, it hasn't happened to me, but I can think of at least five people I know who work for major corporations that it's happened to. I can also think they're of They're singled some, out? Yeah. They're Why were they the singled group. out? Um, they'll be overheard having conversations with coworkers that are like, well, I don't really agree with that. And, and then someone then like reports it? They get asked to, you know, you get like corporate asked, like you don't have to attend, but we highly strongly recommend that you attend this training. They'll get an email about that. I've, yeah. I've known a couple high school kids. Um, today is apparently National Coming Out Day. And yeah. I know a couple kids who attend these really elite private schools who are specifically uh, asked, you know, they'll hold like a student leadership position at their school. And they'll be specifically given scripts that are like, even though they are not gay themselves, they're not involved with LGBTQ organizations, they are asked to promote National Coming Out Day and talk about it because 
the school specifically thinks they have to mm -hmm. or it's just like we highly suggest they'll be told by their principal i mean i guess they could That's say no uh, some of the kids i know are on athletic scholarships they're not willing to risk it right mm -hmm. uh they put you in a position where you are not in your contract obligated to go to these things but it is clear there will be consequences if you say no I'm gonna and i'm just saying like it is definitely specific that she's being targeted but i do think it happens more than we give corporate america to people for. who don't have a platform like Gina Carano yeah. has. So she says, I was just trying to keep my head down, not cause any problems, work hard, get the next job, be excited to be a part of every project, make sure you do your job uh, the best you can and keep crawling forward to solidify that career where you can eventually be like, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then she says talking about... Ready to, um, to talk openly, openly talk about politics? Uh, I don't think... Uh, so th she says talking about trans rights hashtags and her refusal to comply with the company's direction. She says... When I wouldn't hashtag trans rights, I wouldn't put in my uh, put my pronouns uh, and like they kept on it pressuring. And finally, I just said, I'm not doing this. I didn't even know what people were talking about. I was just not clued into the pronoun thing, which apparently has been happening for like seven or eight years now. So it's a form of forced compliance via corporate structure. Right. So like I said, it doesn't need to be a government that forces you to do something or, or, or makes you comply to do something. Uh, and then they go, like, well, you can quit the job anytime. Sure. But with that comes the Disney press release. We fired her for this reason. They didn't fi they didn't fire her and give her a chance to leave gracefully. They There's waited. also a way you can get specifically blackballed. Yeah. They in waited that for her to say more than other ones. Yeah, they, they waited for her to say something that would fall in any line. Uh, which was those tweets, which were those very, very mild tweets, which then got millions of headlines that are saying Gina Carano fired for abhorrent tweet. Do they ever actually, the funniest part is you go to those articles, they never show the actual tweet in the articles because they know that what she said wasn't all that awful, mm -hmm. right? That's stupid. Uh, and it's it's a weird form of censor, like not censorship. It's a weird form of uh, bullying uh, and rewriting of history, well, right? So if you put it, if you put that headline, Gina Carano fired for abhorrent tweets enough times, people will just take it as fact without actually looking any further into it because they're like, well, there's like nine articles well, about it. And, and then they scrub sure. it. It becomes difficult yeah. to find, especially if you're yeah. not someone who has a Twitter profile. You can't just search her Twitter page to find it. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I'm glad you read Kanye's tweet that he's in trouble for because I think it's worth everyone hearing the original text of what the issue is right mm -hmm. because we so often get told this person said something wrong and they got suspended from twitter and until they deleted the tweet but then we get to reference the fact that they got suspended for this now deleted tweet forever and no one Thank can you. find the original copy like mm -hmm. no one is allowed to judge for themselves you have to trust the source that's telling you they did the wrong thing yep. it also twitter deletes your tweet that violated their rules before you are given the option to click the delete button mm. in order to start your countdown for your suspension so it's really just a mental thing yeah it's like in order to get your account back you have to delete this tweet the tweet which is already not visible to any of your followers anymore they deleted it already which means your side of the story it's a psychological game that they are playing with yep. you but i just wanted to ask like is she saying in his first quote that she wanted to get to a place in her career and like financially where she would have the freedom to be outspoken about politics i did i don't know what the reference where she would be point. ready to do yeah. that or I feel like probably what is that about 
I don't know what that quote is about. The other quotes I knew about this one, that one I didn't know. I feel like it probably means like she has enough streams of income or mm-hmm. has enough re- name recognition she comes from where she money. can move. Does she? I think her parents own like a casino or something. I could oh, be, fun. I, could be, I, could I be mean, wrong. and she was like a fighter and stuff. Yes, like, well, she she's has very, probably had several careers essentially at this she's point. She's got plenty of money saved up from, from yeah. the, the UFC. And, yeah. Uh, and she's getting plenty of work still. I, I think this, I mean, if it is financial, like that makes a lot of sense to me. I know there are like, that is one of the major reasons a lot of people don't speak out about stuff they think is unfair or you know bias in the workplace because you need your job mm-hmm. i mean it could just be talking about like making enough money to be financially secure not even for something specific but just to for that peace of mind right mm-hmm. uh and, and she kind of falls in the same category as a kanye west as somebody's like she's not gonna back down from what she believes uh despite i don't think people understand i mean i, I believe i i believe that everyone watching the show would understand how uh, abusive and um, how much of a struggle it would be to have to have every level of the media apparatus telling everyone in the world you're awful uh, and you have to just hold your ground and stand on your convictions. That's not easy. Like, it's not... So they, I think she knew she was poking the bear with her tweets, though. I do, too. Uh, I, I don't believe for a second that she didn't know that they weren't going to... But I think that she has, like... She's a fighter. She's a strong-willed person. You don't get to just push back on someone like that and expect them to cave. And I think she's mm-hmm. conservative operating in a liberal-leaning industry. Yeah. Like, I think she always knew that this was... You know, we didn't know it would be the trans issue or the pronouns issue, but, like, I think she's smart enough to realize that like she is ultimately going to be pushed out in some some way something's going to go wrong that's why this line of like i want to be ready like it makes sense to me that if it's a financial planning uh, aspect to it like when she can no longer be in the, her chosen career being involved in hollywood she'll be able to transition to something else because yeah. she's prepared for it it's also annoying when you find out that everybody else that talks about her that works with her has nothing but amazing things to say she about even her. looks like a pleasant gal yeah she does you know i i, <laughs> I was when, the original gina carano stan on the show <laughs> the og uh yeah when you are inevitably pushed out for for poking them then there is this like small but growing ghettoized space in the entertainment industry yeah. that is there to welcome you i don't I, know if you, it's better or worse necessarily but like like, I'm sure you have to uphold certain standards of behavior there, too. And, and I guess then, then it becomes about where, do you, where does your value system allow you to, like, how much do those values of yours matter to you? Like, do you, uh, does the need to speak out about something that you believe in, does the desire to not put your pronouns in your bio because you're being bothered by people to do so, is that need to do that strong enough that you don't mind working in these spaces that are considered less than the Hollywood apparatus? Yeah. And, uh, but and that is something that's growing and will take years to form uh, and reach its own kind of height of greatness. But you can't get there without putting in the work. And these mm-hmm. people are laying that groundwork now to build up something. And there is some truth, a lot of truth in the idea that the best way to, to take away Hollywood's power is to stop acting as if they're the source of where all legitimacy comes from. Mm-hmm. Stop looking to them for approval and affirmation and start making your own stuff. And that's what they're looking to do. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to mention gay Superman. <laughs> I do. Uh, okay. I do. <laughs> um, so guys, uh, Velma, we're done with Velma. 
uh, they have canceled uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, the, the Tom Taylor uh, book that for months he's been claiming like it's selling so well. And like uh, Wes from Thinking Critical has done a lot of videos talking about it. He's like, well, let's look into that. And of course, it's not actually true um, because nobody gives a crap about Jonathan Kent, Superman being gay and coming out to a different character every week because that's not really what people want to watch super or read Superman for. They want to read Superman for heroic tales of him saving, saving people uh, and things like that. So, so I'm surprised D- that it was around for a year and a half. Uh, the that's DC, a long time. DC Comics, uh, I, I think a year and a half maybe from, from conception because I, I think that that first issue came out right when this podcast started. Mm-hmm. Really? That first it says po- it's been in print for a, re- a year and a half. Though. Okay. Uh, but he might not have come out in those first issues. Maybe he didn't come oh, out. Oh, yeah. So they I were, think, like, planning it for yeah. the long I game. remember when this first started talking about it. It was like, it. The, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary on December 2nd. And I remember we talked about it. What are you guys going to do for that? Uh, birthday hats and... Um, are we uh, going to eat cake? And, and kazoos. <laughs> we should eat cake. It says, DC Comics has canceled Tom Taylor's uh, gay Superman comic book after only a year and a half in, uh, of being in print. I want to point out that there was this really funny panel that somebody showed. Like, that, like it's like it's literally like his boyfriend, uh, Jay Nakamura, gives him like a pride flag cape. And I'm like, God, dude, just that the character can be gay. That's fine. But maybe like actually do something that doesn't have anything to do with his sexuality because that's not what people are reading. That's it his only personality trait. That's what his only mean? personality trait. You've turned him into a, a freaking stereotype. I, yeah. I don't know exactly how to word this or like articulate this, but like making him gay already requires so much forethought that of course it's going to take center stage yeah they you know they, they don't know how to yeah they don't know how to you can't do make it. that a peripheral no. aspect of his personality well, which is ironic because that's what people want people don't want their character's sexuality to be the most important char- part about their character right they don't care who they're sleeping with most of the time it's fine if it's played for uh, a backstory or something to do with uh, a side aspect of the character, but it's not supposed to be the most important thing about a genre that has nothing to do with sex or sexuality. Not for me, inherently. it's like whether it's heavy handed and taking the center focus, or if it's just sprinkled in as an almost like, like a super subtle thing, yeah. like in Lightyear, that same sex yeah. kiss scene that was like barely even noticed. I take issue with both things because you know that both things required the same amount of forethought yeah. and it's with the same motivation. It's social engineering. But but would that matter to you? Well, uh, to me, that wouldn't matter as much if there wasn't as much promotion about it beforehand, right? If they don't give me nine months of promotion about why it matters and then only put it in there for a few seconds, I don't care. As long as it's like they don't mention it and then it's in there but not really heavily focused on I don't care as long as they're not kind of like we're talking about rings of power, how they've made it. They made all the advertising about a diverse cast and then it had really no real impact on the story at all. Right. I don't care if they, if they make it and they make it an inconsequential part of the story because it's not supposed to be what the story is about. Just don't market it on that for the first eight months of its run. I don't remember exactly what Chris Evans said, but did he not get pressed about like homophobes after Lightyear came out? Yeah, well, he said that uh, like on Twitter, he got mad because it got banned in Saudi Arabia and other countries, and talked about how they were. Yeah, backwards. but even that was he thought of beforehand. Apparently. They knew that that was going to happen. Yeah, well, they do. That's that been right. happening with with Marvel movies as well. Like yeah. that was a planned part of it too. Yeah, so. no matter how subtle the actual part. 
We're such a nice, cynical us. group. We're like, I, it's all planned. They know what they're doing. They're just virtue signaling. Here's the thing. I don't care if they do it and plan it. Just don't brag about it. It's not something to brag about because it's not. Uh, in, it's just who you are. I don't care. Nobody cares. Just make the character like that and stop talking about it. That's fine. Have him save people. Do you think, like, in our culture right now, we don't know what makes people interesting outside of, like, their strange sexuality or not? I like, think Hollywood doesn't gay, know. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, they can't understand why people would be interesting to other people unless it was one yeah. of these ideological reasons. It's They're so obsessed yeah. with it. They're kind of, they have tunnel vision. Like, they, they don't know what, I'm going to reference one of my favorite shows, which is Gilmore Girls. Like, at the time, it was kind of a novel tv show because the scripts were like twice as long as they should be because the characters talk so fast and they had all these references like they were sort of fresh and new and unique right yeah. now we don't know how to make people interesting to other people because all we know is how to talk about their you know their ide- their identity markers as <laughs> deemed by politics is it because the internet is an infinitely more interesting place and they'll never be able to live up to like the endless amount of stuff you can just look up or online? like can we not or are the like traditional superhero values like in some way demonized by yes. not liking masculine traits like we yeah. can't like superhero or uh what is this one superman being courageous and like uh altruistic and you know whatever else like and also ha- just being superior mm-hmm. like and inherently i believe there's an issue where he's a climate activist too where he's like protesting climate right. change um uh, what I, I remember seeing that cover uh my favorite part of all of this is is just because tom taylor is insufferable on twitter that's what i remember like <laughs> you have to like you can't just hire Let's somebody see what he's posting like you you can't just hire someone who can write the character uh, make the character gay, but not in an insufferable way. Do his work and call it a day. You have to hire someone who will then make it an insufferable thing to follow as well. I I just What's don't get saying? it. I don't get the, the appeal of any of this. Uh, okay. And then if I remember correctly, he's he's not portrayed. Uh, he's portrayed as straight uh, on on Superman and Lois because the character was originally straight to begin with. Also, they got to work Lois in there somehow, right? No, no, this is not this is not uh, Clark Kent. This is Jonathan Kent. What he claimed son. yesterday oh. was no, definitely not canceled. It's just morphing into adventures. They've, they're they're relaunching stayed... it as Wait, a new number. We one. wanted John to have his own name and his series as his own Superman, and we saw an opportunity to bring Adventures of Superman back alongside Action and Superman. Yeah. So it says so the gay Superman ongoing has been canceled and instead only gets a six issue limited series probably with a bunch of variant covers to artificially increase sales. Action Comics features three Superman stories and Clark Kent is back as Superman in a new ongoing. So he's just he's shifting the the goalpost and pretending like yeah. nothing's changed. Tom Taylor's insufferable from like is it I don't read the the comics anymore but I follow enough of comics YouTube to know that Tom Taylor is insufferable so uh, uh just thought we would uh, we would mention that because like you said when this stuff happens they always have limited shelf life because they don't actually live and die on their stories they live and die on a bunch of superficial characteristics that might get you one issue of interesting stories but can't be the backbone of interesting storytelling uh unless you're creatively bankrupt and don't know how to write otherwise and before we go we've got two things uh what did you see something interesting i'm just looking at tom taylor's twitter and it's just bad it's yeah i told you he's insufferable his pin tweet was his announcement of his contract with dc and one of the the pictures he shared was a dc pride poster um for superman's son of how do you kal-el kal-el mm-hmm. uh and it's 
okay, it's it's Superman like grabbing a purple haired teenage boy by the collar, about to kiss him. Yep, Jane oh. Nakamura. Like what? Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, we've got good news though. Tom Taylor might suck, but Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise well, is great. Tom. Uh, he's going to he's going to outer space to film his next movie. He's talking so right with here. the director of the Born Identity. Yes, uh, in, they're in talks about Universal making a film. How do you that think? Is what do you think? Shown, <laughs> they'll film it at the International Space Station. What do you think, Kenny Clark? Mission Impossible Twelve. Well, I kind of outer space. I again, like as we all know, and I will not watch all of the Mission Impossibles. I don't necessarily th- think we need I, 12 of them. But I will say the International Space Station is scheduled to be uh, dismantled and brought back to Earth. So in some ways, I think it'd be cool to film a movie there before it was done. Maybe some original content, but, you know. When is that going to happen? I think it's scheduled for 2025. Um, okay. Or maybe I'm later than that. But it was like a weird article to read. So they're like, don't worry. We'll just bring it down into the ocean. It's so what? awesome. So it says, I think Tom Cruise is taking us to space. He's taking the world to space, says UFEG chairman Donna Langley. That's the plan. We have a great project in development with Tom taking a rocket up to space, to the rocket up to the space station shooting. So what movie? What do you think, guys? What should, what should we do? If we were to, if we were to Maybe do he'll a, make an original movie in space. Or a, a, Not a Mission Impossible. Um, like a how the moon landing wasn't faked, and then they go up there to film it. <laughs> um... I think, like, f- uh, fake filming in space has been done pretty well. Yeah. So I don't know why this would be necessary unless it's just for the bragging rights, like he does his stunts. Yeah. I just want to know. Yeah, I think that's why he's yeah. he's like, I'll do this, but if it's actually in space. Yeah. Um, I also feel like given that Elon Musk and Virgin Mobile Guy are all, like, sending people to space, like, it's good. Let's embrace that we are sending Hollywood to space as well. Um, I'm telling you, it's just like on location, but more interesting. I'm telling you, what we need to do is find a way to bring back his character from Collateral, even though he, you know, I don't know. Okay, I bring, do not know. And uh, and have him go on a mission in space from Collateral. I'm all I'm all about it. So, all right, and and uh, Mary, to finish things off, we have some good news. Now we have some not so good news. Do you want to tell everyone about what happened? Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> there was a <laughs> Twitch streamer. Uh, who is actually a porn star, but they forgot to mention that. Well, this one mentions it. It says porn star Adriana Chechik. Uh, a lot of the headlines left that out conveniently. It's very nice of them. She jumped into a foam pit at TwitchCon over the weekend and literally broke her back in two places, had to get taken out of the convention and got like a rod put in her back to like... Like, she also, by the way, I found out that this foam pit uh, was only, like, a foot deep. Maybe, like, two. And at the bottom of it was just concrete. Because at first I was like, how do you break your back on foam blocks? But actually, like, apparently it's it's really important that you have, like, at least six feet. And then a trampoline... base at the bottom of a foam pit or else people will literally get injured by it and the video is so hard to watch because like watching i'm not gonna play it because i don't know if that's also like did they warn her like even if she jumped in with her legs down right she probably still hurt herself guys she kind of did like a cannonball type of move nine dollars from the next crisis party just okay she she landed right on her tailbone and like 
it's really hard to watch because I, I just ugh, like it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I never did like the, one of the worst things in skating, and I'll tell you this right now. Everyone is like, "Oh, I love like like they're like, do you like jumping in foam pits at skate parks? No, it's the most dirty, disgusting thing. Yeah, but the they entire, smell terrible, disgusting. Like the last thing <laughs> you ever want to do is to go to a skate park foam pit. Uh, and I have seen some awful falls. Uh, where people like miss the foam pit or like yeah. land on the side, and you're just like, ooh, ooh, yeah. like this is this is like the worst case scenario. Um, and another person dislocated her knee jumping into the same foam pit because it was like a foot deep. So what did you expect? She, like, um, you know, it just doesn't look like it, it doesn't immediately look like it's that shallow. There's a fantastic getting her back blown out joke in here somewhere but i don't know what it is um it's the joke that literally everyone Everyone's on twitter right. is making it's, it's, so thank you for <laughs> for adding um, that one is she is she is she more known as like a, a twitch streamer now i'm not clued into like the the twitch landscape yeah, yeah. so but, uh, uh, a lot of people were talking about this over the weekend i just thought it was i mean i guess it's womp 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 but i kind of just feel bad for her like that don't, like nobody wants to like do it's something terrifying like also because they they didn't follow the most basic safety protocols after this happened they like move they took her out of the foam pit which if someone has a back injury you were not supposed to move them around they they picked her up and moved her out of the pit and like laid her down somewhere before yeah. medics got to her yep. which is like a lawsuit waiting to happen no well, maybe she sues them Maybe. I heard there was also, like, another person who got a serious injury, and then the other person who was jumping with her in the video felt said they felt, like, a shock in their in their body when they jumped down, but they didn't get injured. Oh. So, I don't know. I guess they signed a waiver. Does that, like, give them... Well, not if it's not set does, up properly. If it's not set up properly, it probably doesn't cover it in the waiver. Like, you know, like, if they find yeah. out that they were supposed to set it up differently and they didn't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Organizer of this event is like, set it up properly. What do you mean? We Burger put foam King, in a pit. <laughs> Burger King had a, a set up like in a foam pit at the same convention and theirs was like three feet deep. Again, like just why, what are you doing? And it in the foam I'm pit for Burger King. not much for regulation, King, but maybe we need some regulation in place like, for. Why are we, uh, adults why are jumping we in having pits? giant foam pits at conventions? Anyways. For adults. Well, and also like, <laughs> Again, I'm not a crazy COVID person, but like, ew, gross. Like yeah. everyone is sweaty at these conventions. They're wearing like perfumes and makeups yeah. and body. Oh, like, stop! Don't jump into something that's absorbing all of that, and then just like when you hit it, puffing it back out on you. This seems obvious. Yeah, especially uh, the Burger King one, which is just like a bunch of foam burger patties that are like the square shape. Like that's oh, just so gross. they're coming for Wendy. That's crazy. Wendy should sue them. You should. Yeah. Wendy's is the best out of all those anyways. Yes, so true. So Super Chats. All right. A couple there. Uh, Tyler W. said, all of her show colleagues had nothing but kind things to say about her when asked to denounce her, even Pascal. This was all on HR and maybe the executives. Yeah, I I mean, HR departments really are the enemy of the people. You know, they're like, uh, the media is the enemy of the people. I think HR departments are the enemy of the people these days. Waffles Sensei said, did Hannah Claire watch Tokyo Drift or is she still <laughs> resisting the struggle session? No, it's my off week. I didn't yes. have to watch it this week. She, she doesn't <laughs> have to watch it till. Oh, and then you're not uh, going to be yeah, here. Yeah, I won't week. be here next week, but maybe Sounds to convenient. do so, I'll like mm. make up and watch several. I won't, but <laughs> you know, maybe I'll try. Louis, what? Oh, no, no. Next up, we got one more. Louise Aguilar said, Brent, I uh. watched Collateral last week on your recommendation. 
great movie. We need more villain Tom Cruise. Well, you know, you say such a nice thing about my recommendation, but then you call me Brent, which is not a thing. Who sent that in, Dave? Uh... Luis Aguilar. So mm-hmm. there is no Brent here. I bet Dave put him up to it. Could have. It could have absolutely been Dave. Oh, there's a stink bug. I'm like monitor there. He's trying to get me. All right, guys. Thank. You. Oh, we got one more that just came in. Okay. Two more. I don't see them yet. No, nope, they're not there yet. So one from Bobcat says the Burger King wasn't foam. It was their burgers. It was just real burger patties. <laughs> That's. That's. How? Why do I feel like that would be gross? more sanitary than like foam? <laughs> Thousand Foot Deep End said, for one more crisis party since we missed out yesterday. Yes, let's go. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to, uh, what I will do is we can just uh, do this and then go straight to crisis party. We can crisis party our way out. I can. I'm trying to look for the Azalea Banks quote about space tourism and how it's like spiritually gay. Does Azalea Banks have strong takes on that? Yes. What yeah, like they? she was very angry about the increase in space tourism among like tech executives. Why? I she I she had a very compelling case, but I'm I <laughs> can't find it cuz she said so many controversial things since then. And you want to quote them exactly. Yeah. Guys, That's like the most important part when someone has a great hot take, you're like I have to read you the exact line. The I way think, she words things is just perfect. I think Mary's money gun has broken we're gonna need to check oh, the, no. the manufacturer's uh warranty on the on our on our like <laughs> frankenstein money guns the warranty we, aka chris Poole. Yes. chris we will need you to check and, and <laughs> tell us uh what it is okay you find it no no keep looking but also i had a, a screenshot of azalea banks's story where she's calling out kanye oh yeah i forget like that was that was actually really funny what'd she say um, let me find it. I can't tell if I sent it. She's to coming you out of retirement. Me. I thought she retired. Retired from music? Yeah, wasn't she the one that retired? Or is that Iggy Azalea that retired from music? Mm, I don't think one so. One of those two retired. Somebody else knows. I mean, she definitely hasn't retired from social media. That's for sure. No luck. No. Setting it off manually. I thought you already did. No, no, I said no. The money guns. I set off the money guns. Oh, but I think that one. Don't tell them your secrets, Brett. They control the money guns in crisis parties. Well, well, they do. Unless we need to. (laughs) Yes. So, well, we have to give the people what they want. They might get two now. They might get an extra one. Uh, At least the lights. So, all right, Hannah Claire, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. Let everyone know where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at hannahclare.b. You can find me on some other platforms probably. (laughs) You can definitely find me on (laughs) timcast.com. Click on the read tab and you should 100% follow Timcast News on Twitter. You can see the articles that we're producing every day. We have a ton of really great journalists and I highly recommend you check them out and follow them immediately. That was a fantastic outro. Thank that you. was really Some good. Some other platforms probably. Probably. Maybe. It's like a weird scavenger hunt that I won't participate in. Mary, right. let everyone know where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Mary Archived. They're the same now. They're the same. And I've been sitting here trying to like manipulate the money guns and try to get yours to work again. We're going to have to check it off air. 
Mine's broken. It's, it's not been working this whole time. I know. It's, it's tired. It needs a break. It needs some water, boss. All right. All right. All right, guys. Thank you. You can follow me if you'd like to on Instagram at Brett Dastrick for the show. We are here, barring technical issues, Monday through Friday, Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. Uh, if you <laughs> see two. I said it up. Did we get another one? Uh, they just got this second one. So, and if you'd like to follow uh, on social media, we are on Twitter at popculture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at popculturecrisis, on Instagram at popculturecrisispod. If you'd like to listen rather than watch the podcast, we're on Amazon Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Pandora, and Spotify. And we will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.